0: A. No. Hello and welcome. Abs and a six pack. It's abs
1: and a six pack. So, Whoa. that being said, what you drinking on today there, Caleb?
0: Oh, today I'm taking it a little easy for the time being. I am uh sipping on a delicious glass Diet of gasoline wild cherry Pepsi.
1: Oh, close. I am Sipping on a half lemonade, half tea, twisted tea. Oh. Because sometimes you got to take a break from the high grav.
0: Just sip on a little bit of twisted tea. A little bit of bitch beer. Oh, yeah. That's, like a, the, that's a breakfast beer. I don't think yeah, just exactly. a bitch beer. Yeah. I don't like the
1: uh, regular twisted tea at all. But the half and half, it's like an Arnold Palmer with alcohol. It's
0: nice. I've never tried those. I've had the original. I, I I like it in the morning, or you know, if I'm not really trying to drink something that tastes like beer. Yeah, agreed. I'll Have to try well, out the Arnold Palmer.
1: Well, it's yeah, it's just a twisted tea half and half. It's like it's like our yeah. It's not actually a brand Arnold Palmer. I yeah, I feel like if like like you just put a little bit of liquor into an Arnold Palmer, it'd probably be the same thing. Maybe a little healthier. I
0: might try that. Actually, that actually
1: sounds pretty good.
0: Put there a little vodka, maybe a little rum, Arnold Palmer and rum.
1: Yeah, man. Maybe I should put some rum in my already alcoholic
0: Arnold Palmer. Oh, I don't know about that. That might be too much. That might we, be over the limit. Could uh, collapse the multiverse for all we know. Exactly. Everything would just implode on itself.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> so today's episode: Faust and Furious Eight. How many how many dude, Fast and dude, Furious dude. movies have they made? I tried to get one past the number of Fast and Furious.
0: Oh, man. They, I don't know. 100? 200?
1: Oh. So this is Faust and Furious 201. That sounds... Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so we're talking about the Faustian bargain, or the Faustian deal, or the Faustian pact. Lots of people talk about this. Uh... And the more I listen to them talk about it and the more I research it, the less I understand about it. So we figured it'd be a good thing to talk about so that you can have the same problem that I did when looking into it.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So I found okay, a... So, uh, oh, so go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, go ahead. Go you ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 we're just too polite. We're just oh, too polite. Oh, you, you go ahead. What were you going to say? Okay. What I was gonna say is why is it called the Faustian deal? We will get Faust into that. Act?
1: Um there was a German scientist or alchemist named Faust who uh allegedly made a deal with Mythopolis or some kind of demon or demiurge, uh oh. to have like increase his skills and power in alchemy and stuff. Sold his soul in exchange. So the the Faustian deal or contract or Faustian bargain comes from his name in mythology. He was okay. like German kind of like uh, I don't know what you compare him to. Like a Tesla. Like a scientist? T- a- yeah, but like scientist like, you know, six hundred years ago scientist, so can't really call him a scientist. <laughs> like new, uh, yeah. like, like Isaac Newton. Was that, what did they say about Isaac Newton on Always Sunny? He was smart, but he died drinking mercury like a bitch. <laughs> proving that science is wrong sometimes. So yeah, he
0: was like, yeah, was the same idea. Science man, a man of science.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. I have six hundred years ago. Yeah, I guess I should pre- preface. I should preface all of this by saying, ooh, ooh, oh! I'll kick my mic over. I should. Uh, oh. I should preface all of this by saying, I have almost no idea how much of this is true. I'm very agnostic onto the whole Faustian bargain, um, as far as on a metaphysical, spiritual, sell your soul to some entity level.
0: I don't know if it's real that it could actually happen. Like you, you're very speculative of whether or not there's any reality to this. Yes, yeah, I have no opinion on this, what one side of the other. Um, Just, just laying what you know about it out there, just. Laying yeah. it out there, we're gonna talk about it, see if we can come to any kind of conclusion about it.
1: Yeah, it mostly comes up in music history, in like the, I mean, classics. Like everybody always compared, like Devil Went Down to Georgia, except uh mm-hmm. he beats the devil and keeps the fiddle and doesn't lose his soul. Uh Tenacious D, you know, they fight the devil in a rock off. Yeah, uh, it's like a, it's, and this, like, they didn't come up with that for this like recent shit. Like Charlie Daniels and Tenacious D did not come up with like the devil. Um, the, the deal with deal. the devil. Yeah, yeah. this has been uh, talked about for almost uh, the better part of a thousand years, at least 600. So,
0: anyway. Oh yeah, I mean there's stories going way back about people selling their soul to the devil for different reasons or making yeah. deals with the devil.
1: And not even necessarily the devil as we'll get into, but yeah, so suffice it to say, I'm not going to be trying to convince you or anyone else of anything on this episode as much as just... uh
0: Wow. I, well, I mean, I'll I'll go ahead and just tell you, I would, I think all of this is complete nonsense. Like, as far as like a real a real thing you could do, I think you could give yourself over to bad forces or whatever you want to call them, demons. Mm-hmm. And you, I don't think you really would gain anything from that other than maybe like a personal sense of I did like I sold my soul. Air quotes. So you don't think you could
1: gain riches and fame for? uh,
0: No, no, not not for the actual act of trying to like go to you know talk to the devil and get something out of it. You might be able to convince yourself that you're special because you did something like that, but I don't think that anything in reality would.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm overall, I'm with you. um, But I'm I've I'm not decided one way or the other because. Well, anyway, uh, you know, I just did realize, though, I really I try to work in Sam Hyde recently when I can, and I cannot believe I forgot to clip that whole exchange where he's like st- sitting in a lazy boy in the middle of a pentagram, like in a recliner. Oh, yeah. And he's that like, hole. hello, uh I did the spells. I said the chance. I'm trying to sell my soul. Hello. Like nothing happens. He's like, I'm starting to get annoyed. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> this like little demon comes out and pretends to be Satan. He's like, "I am Satan." It's like you're not Satan. It's like I am too. What am going to call your boss, man? I'm going to file a complaint. He's like, "Dude, don't." The, the demon's like, "Don't do that, man." I, I have a hard time in my job already. And like the actual <laughs> Satan comes out, he's like, "I can give you a 2004 Ultima for your soul." <laughs> he's like, "How's the Carfax look on that?" And Satan's like, "Eh." Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that would be a good example of a Faustian
0: deal. All right. Um, A 2004 Ultima for your soul. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But as we will learn in this first clip, which is by a... I'm sad I can't remember his name to give him a shout out, but he's an Australian comedian, very left-wing. So Faustian deal can also be a metaphor for just uh, compromising your beliefs. Like, for example, a Democrat, a hardcore like Bernie supporter... It's like well yeah. I don't I hate Biden or like the people that think Biden's literally a rapist but they still would rather vote for him which you've seen a lot of these people talking like well I think Biden probably is a rapist and he probably did that but he's still better than Trump we have to vote for him. That's a Faustian deal in a non-metaphysical sense that is
0: Oh, so that's like the okay, so kind of like the lesser of two evils. It's like I know it's bad but I like it better than the alternative.
1: Yeah, you're selling a piece of your soul to get uh you're compromising your beliefs. Yeah. So yeah, this this is very left wing comedian, but I did like his little ditty. He, it starts off with like a kid show. He's got these little puppets and stuff, and it mm-hmm. uh, he has this little character called Average Voter. And uh, yeah, this is his song about starts about halfway through about Faustian Pax.
2: When there's something that you want and you really want to get it, but something's standing in your way, you could just give up, back down and forget it or save it for another day. But if you're sick of waiting as your dreams fly past Have a chat to Satan and he'll fix it fast With the Faustian Pact Can you whistle? The Faustian Pact oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Looks like our whistling accidentally summoned the Prince of Darkness Hello, I'm Satan I like dancing too Come join in Well here we go Just take a core belief, a fundamental value, or something that you once proclaimed. Look, I will not lead a party that is not committed to action on climate change. Then roll it up and wrap it well and drop it at the gates of hell. And you've just made a a Faustian pact. Pact. A Faustian pact. Come on, kids, you know the moves. It's just a jump to the left and 50 steps to the right. Maybe you'd like to make a Faustian pact. Just take something that's dear to you, like your favourite teddy or a family pet, and offer it up to the Lord of the Underworld. But remember, once I've got your soul, there's no getting it back.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, that is a very, like... The the main giveaway there was just take one step to the left and 50 to the right. So, it's very very uh very left wing progressive but it's still uh suffice to say it they um they sum up like what a modern version of a faustian pact would be it doesn't yeah. always necessarily mean like literally selling your soul to satan or a demon or something
0: yeah it's just like like what do you said there compromising a value to get something that else that you want but like a, it's got to be like a core thing something yeah. that... We got
1: to all get behind Biden because Trump's like, we got to get rid of Trump. So we all got to get behind Biden. Doesn't matter if you don't like him. You just got to step in line. That's the same. We got to get rid of Trump.
0: So Sacrifice your values for the, for the, what the group wants or what, you know, is the better truth. Yeah. Yeah. So that being
1: said, it's, it's like very speculative Uh, Joe Rogan's move to Spotify. But I feel like under a certain lens, you could, in a certain way, view that as a a Faustian deal, Faustian
0: pact. How so exactly? Expand on that thought a little bit.
1: Joe was never, well, first of all, Spotify banned Alex Jones. They banned David Icke. They ban pretty much anything on vaccines that gets enough clicks. As soon as it's on their radar, they just get that out of there. Um, yeah. so Joe's n- narrowed himself into a, he's boxed himself into a corner because like, I, I brought this up with a couple of people saying like, he's now exclusively, and I haven't read his contract, obviously nobody has, but, um, he, it seems like people keep saying, well, like, yeah, but YouTube censors more. And it's like, yeah, but he was not in a contract with YouTube to exclusively be on YouTube. Like he had his own website, his own RSS feed. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if the Spotify move was a um, sellout move, as a lot of his fans have been saying. I mean, you read the comments. When he made the announcement on that Patton Oswalt episode, it was like three-fourths of the thumbs up, thumbs down. Three-fourths of that or more was all thumbs down. Um, And that might be because it was Patton Oswalt, to be fair. But that was the (laughs) episode he made the announcement. So... uh, Anyways, like, the day after, I believe, that he made that announcement, or maybe even the day of, Alex Jones comes on, this uh, does this rant on uh, Robert Barnes, the Constitutional Lawyer Show. I can't remember the name of it. Because he was, like, off work or whatever, barbecuing with his family, and he's like, Joe gave me a call, and uh, I talked to him for 45 minutes or whatever, and he told me it was all on record. I could tell all this. But the weird part is, the next day, the whole article about it, about Joe Rogan s- saying, in quotes, he's at war. He's declared war on YouTube. The whole article, now, this video. Now,
0: this is something that Alex Jones said on his show, that he said Joe told him, right?
1: On the phone, yeah.
0: Yeah, but there's no other account of Joe Rogan saying he's going to war with uh, YouTube or Big I've, Tech or
1: anything. I've right? seen Zero Hedge articles, headlines about it. To be fair, I have not looked into him, so there's a good chance they were probably just parroting what Alex said. But Alex and Joe have been friends for like twenty four years or something. So like they've been they used to hang out all the time in Austin and in California. I mean, Joey Diaz would like dose Alex with edibles at UFC, like in the nineties. Like so they've been I mean, they've been they've known each other for a long, long time.
0: Yeah. Um I'm not saying, I'm not saying like what Alex said is true or not true. I'm just saying if that's the only report of it, then that's, I mean, it kind of would make sense because it'd be a big, you know, middle finger to YouTube to just like go exclusively to anywhere else, really. Because I know I usually watch Joe Rogan on YouTube because I like to be able to see. And
1: if it's a, if it's somebody I really, if it's like a guest that I'm really pumped about, like, um, like Alex Jones, I watched that full thing on YouTube back when Joe actually live streamed his uh, his first appearance and his second appearance. I watched both those live. Um, yeah. Adam Curry, I watched that whole oh, thing yeah. live.
3: Me too. Um,
1: or not live because they don't live stream anymore. But, but actually, yeah, I watched uh, it as soon as it went up. Before Alex put out this video, I guess it was two days ago maybe. Um, Actually, I emailed Adam Curry because I was sending him some clips because there was clips from when uh, Bridget Fetissy was on I clipped them out mm-hmm. and it was Joe saying like shutting down any mention of conspiracy theories about Bill Gates or Anthony Fauci, Dr. Fauci. He was like, "Dr. Fauci's been involved in like he's a he's a virologist, like you think he's just going to cash in his Illuminati chips right now? He's a good guy, like he's a really good guy." And Bill Gates, yeah. but he gives so much to charity and that was all Joe had to say about it. So I clipped that Those are out. very
0: safe things to say about the situation.
1: Yes. And very safe things if you're worried. Yeah. I, I mean, is, Does he actually believe that? Doubtful. Because I will agree. If, one, if there's one thing Alex is 110% right about when Alex goes on Joe Rogan, it's when he criticizes Joe for saying, you know about all this stuff I'm saying and more, but you won't say it because you're afraid to give your audience the
0: truth. I agree I with that one hundred. Losing half of his audience, yeah. I believe, I think it's more he's worried about he's, losing. Well, getting a good demonetized,
1: chunk of that. censored, kicked off platforms, blowback. I mean, look what happened when just Bernie Sanders like played a video of Joe endorsing him. There was like a yeah. global push to get Joe banned off of YouTube just from that. So I get it. But anyway, so I I emailed Adam Curry about this because he texts he's been talking about on no agenda how he's texting Joe back and forth, and I was like Texted Joe. I was like, maybe you can text your buddy Joe and ask him why he's like breathlessly defending Bill Gates and Fauci. And uh, Adam and I emailed back about this Spotify deal and stuff. But um, I don't think Adam's actually seen this. I'm gonna have to send this to him because I don't think Adam's actually seen this YouTube video because the, all the links I sent him, the two links at the time, I didn't mm-hmm. think they would get taken down off Bandup Video. That I've never seen that happen or off of Infowars. So they're dead links now. So Adam yeah. emailed me back, and he was like, oh, Joe's a confirmed Illuminati shill or something like
0: that. But Or, I mean, once again, you said they've been friends for 24 years. It could be like Joe's just like, hey, even if it's true, maybe he's like, I don't want this to get out yet. He doesn't because like, he hasn't moved to Spotify yet. He signed the deal. But I think from what I read about it, um, the show is going to be like it is normally until the end of the year. And then it's going yeah. exclusively to Spotify because
1: he's he's not been on Spotify, period. Um, yeah,
0: he's not. Which, at all. That's
1: I t- I t- on our uh, abs in a six pack Twitter page. I tweeted that out a couple days ago. It's like we made it on Spotify before Joe fucking Rogan
0: <laughs> getting the scoop on Rogan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, now let me see if I can find this. Um, bu- 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 bu. Looking through my emails from Adam Curry, maybe not. Mister Curry, uh, it might be down in here. Ah, here we go. Thanks for the clips. I had actually heard the episode, and Joe and I texted back and forth about Fauci. I think Joe is just misinformed, but he's clearly open to other opinions. For what it's worth, I'm not sure how much this Spotify deal uh, implies that he's sold out. There'll be many. There'll be much details in the language, uh, i.e., the language of the contract. So, I mean, he makes it sound like he's been texting Joe on a daily basis. So that's good. Um, And I have noticed, like, between. Because I don't think Adam is lying about being like texting buddies with Joe. Yeah. Um, I don't think Alex Jones is lying that Joe called him on the phone and asked for his advice about this Spotify deal.
0: Yeah, I I believe both of those things. Um, But I mean, those could be very privileged conversations too. Just you know, like uh, advisory type situations. You know, like friends advising other friends on stuff. Right. And maybe Joe or yeah, Joe just doesn't want that out in the. Public sphere yet,
1: yeah, so I, I, I guess thinking. uh this is a this is gonna be a long journey through this clip before after this we'll get to the real Faustian deals where people sell their souls to learn how to play guitar, but uh, just this yes. side tangent since it's topical this week, oh yeah, and I honestly am really interested in your take on this, but uh yeah, here is it took me a minute to find it on YouTube, but here is. The video and the whole episode was pulled from InfoWars, Bandout Video, all of Alex Jones' platforms after, mm-hmm. uh, I'm assuming, a call from Joe. I don't know who else would have done that because Alex yeah, never cares about
0: People from Spotify or Joe? That's the now, only two people
1: I can see. Alex wouldn't give a shit if it was Spotify. I mean, look what he, he told YouTube to stick it up their ass so many times.
0: Yeah, and they kicked him off. I mean, I know yeah. he's not on Spotify, but yeah, he's already
1: kicked off Spotify anyway. I think it's. I think Joe probably. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see who else would have made that call. That seems
0: the most likely. That seems like the kind of per- like Joe would be the person Alex would listen to to if he asked him to do something like that. You know. Right.
1: All right. So yeah. here we go. This is uh, this is lengthy. So at any time you want me to pause it, we'll uh, we'll do so. But I I All do right, think I'll this is interesting. Yeah, this is this is inter. I th- For a lot of reasons, I think this is a pretty fascinating um, thing, and I it may, to me, it might be proof that it was not a Faustian deal that Joe Rogan went with Spotify. Which my gut reaction was kind of a sellout move because now you're locked into a platform, you can't build your own website. I wish people, I wish Joe Rogan would just started his own version of a YouTube or a like podcasting network, like No Agenda has, but with a way bigger backing
0: oh yeah he's got so many resources so many people in the community that'd be totally willing to build it for him for practically nothing probably
1: you get people like elon musk tim pool would all be involved like actual like pro free speech the gab the dude from gab uh can't remember his name alex jones like like he has plenty of people on his side anyway so yeah um We'll get uh, get started with <laughs> Alex's story about Joe calling him while Alex was barbecuing and watching his kids in the pool. I was taking a few
4: days off with my children, and I was grilling hamburgers on the back porch, watching my children swim in our little backyard pool when Joe Rogan called me. And he called me this morning, and he said, I'm going to call you after 4 o'clock California time, 6 o'clock Texas time. I said, okay, great. Phone rings. I told my wife, hey, you guys... Over here, I talked to Joe, and Joe's a very guarded person. I've known him 22 years, but this was like a fire hose. He goes, yeah, say this on air. Go public. The gloves are off. Total war. And I'm like, let me get a pad and paper. So I go try to pad a pad and paper, and I'm trying to like, well, what's on record? What's not on record? What can I say? He goes, just say it all.
1: So I'm pausing it right there. That's Yeah. So, okay, so if Alex is, because when Alex said all this, Assuming Joe was the person who said, hey, you gotta put the kibosh on this and take these videos down. Um, Alex, seemed co- Alex seemed pretty confident that Joe told him to tell everything he said on air. So,
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems like he was 100% confident that Joe was like, hey, say all this. However, uh, Alex is a very... Uh, Impassioned and eccentric person, so maybe <laughs> yeah. he mistook some of what he said, which I, I believe is a possibility. But you, uh, but at the same time, he said, "Say it all," you know.
1: Yeah. So that, I mean, if if it's true that Joe said, "Say it all" on air, then that would imply that it was someone else that pressured Alex to take it down, which is a whole nother rabbit hole of questions. Who would that be? But um, we're at least on the same page that. Joe for sure really did call Alex. Like Alex didn't making up that part.
0: It seems like it because I feel like um, it wouldn't just get taken down. Like if he if Joe hadn't called Alex and he says all this, I feel like Joe would just come out and say I didn't talk to Alex. I didn't tell him any of this. He wouldn't just say, "Hey, take this down." Right. That's what my thinking would be. Is Joe would actually tell, like somehow get it out into the into the sphere of knowledge that I did not say any of this rather than just try to shut it down
1: yeah and, uh, nice. Al- yeah that makes yeah that makes sense um there's a lot to digest in here but like one thing alex gets into in a in a minute is he says joe made sure and joe told alex that spotify in the contract with spotify alex mm-hmm. jones is mentioned by name you have to let me have alex jones on and he is supposedly going to be the first guest booked when they moved to Spotify in
0: September. Is this like, is there proof of this or is this, this is just what
1: Alex said? This okay. is just straight, assuming Alex's phone call with Joe was real.
4: Okay. And he kept saying things and telling me things and like 10 minutes into this, it's like a 45 minute conversation because Joe, you know, we're drinking beer in Las Vegas or something that's hours of conversation, but on the phone it's a few minutes, It's like 45 minutes of him, like going off. And I'm like, well, what am I allowed to say? Because he's telling me, I want you to go on air. I want you to say this. I want you to, and at the end of it, he says, just put it all out. Well, there's no way to put 45-minute conversation out and its import because it's bigger than Alex Jones. It's bigger than Donald Trump. It's bigger than Hillary Clinton. It's bigger than all of us. It's about somebody that was number one in their field, reaching 20, 30 million people a day with all the aggregate videos he's got out there that's the biggest media there is finally saying I'm done because Joe is a pragmatist. He's a Patriot. He's an American. He's as smart as I am, or smarter. When I say that it's not a compliment. It's the truth. He finishes my sentences. He knows all of it. He's addicted to it. He's the real Alex Jones, but the one that's smart enough (laughs) to think, Oh, I'm going to jujitsu this whole thing. I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. And now that he finally got the position, number one, he said, Alex, I'm taking the gloves off. So here's what he told me. Okay, the stock's up a couple billion at Spotify. He did this, and he's made $110 million or whatever. And I know the inside baseball. He gets 20 minutes of each show that's still going to be on YouTube. And he got in the contract with Spotify that he can have Alex Jones on. I'm in the contract. <laughs> and, and, and so, he but, but he went on, he said, listen, you told me this stuff 20 years ago, you told me 10 years ago, you know, you told me a couple years ago about YouTube, Google censorship. I thought, okay, maybe some of it, whatever. He just couldn't imagine. They were so un-American. And he said to me today, he said, listen, I love America. And I love freedom. He said, the things they've done, the things they've told me, the way they've talked to us, like we're dogs is so un-American. It's not about me. It's about, I'd rather die. And do this. He goes. I don't care. I like, get shut off everywhere. He goes. I'm going to war.
1: So if if all that is true, I am. I have gained so much respect for Joe Rogan. Absolutely. What do you what do you make of that? How much how are you buying into? Like what? Because like uh, a, Alex attacks Joe so much, I feel like he wouldn't be kissing Joe's ass so hard if Joe wasn't actually doing at least that to a certain extent.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like every time Alex Jones talks about Joe Rogan, he is definitely kissing his butt a little bit.
1: Well, not—you You remember when Jesus told him to destroy Joe Rogan?
0: Yeah. I was, drink, uh... I was drinking a lot back then. I, I was, I was,
1: it was a was heavy drinking time. About a, about a <laughs> bottle of vodka.
0: Yeah, he was heavy drinking at the time. That makes, uh, you know, clouds the judgment a little bit. Uh, uh i don't know i mean i feel like he's gone back and forth about it that kind of stuff um
1: but do you think what are the what's the likelihood that joe is actually fully like on the attack against youtube google uh the whole tech censorship and just um because he always seems like he he's a fence rider if especially once his podcast got big joe is a fence rider if he's anything
0: yeah, that's how you get such a big audience. You don't get a real big audience by uh, being real polarizing or anything. I mean, you can get a pretty big audience.
1: Like no, Alex Jones, but, he's got a pretty big he, audience. He, but He doesn't biggest, have like
0: anywhere near Joe Rogan.
1: The biggest podcast he's had, by far, was the Alex Jones episode, though. So polarizing guests are what made Joe big. Uh, yeah,
0: it, well, polarizing guests, not yes. polarizing no. opinions <clears throat> on Joe's part. Because Joe's supposed to be... The average Joe kind of guy. He's supposed to look huh. at things. Average like Joe. To, uh, yeah, he's, he looks at things like the way he tries to come across anyways. I mean, on certain things, he leans certain directions. But he's pretty in the middle, just asking questions, just seeing what people think, trying to let their thoughts get out there. And I really think that's what his big thing Unless it's thing Eddie was, Bravo, so then I he could,
1: shuts that shit down right away. Eddie's a little... Shandany.
0: Special. <laughs> <laughs> uh so he can be i
1: love i love eddie dude uh but
0: oh yeah he's great he's a great guest I, I mean i'd love to talk to him about the like the stuff he believes like especially all the flat earth stuff because he seems like he is the person to talk about with all that
1: he's not the expert of flat earth but he's definitely the figurehead of it oh yeah um yeah uh but anyway, but uh so back to the the Rogan thing. I'm I'm less interested in even though it is interesting, I'm less interested in why Alex removed this whole story and segment and the entire episode that it, it contained it about Joe Rogan calling him and the Spotify deal. I'm that's mm-hmm. interesting, but I'm more concerned about is Joe actually like standing up. For for like free speech and against the big tech stuff, or is it a bunch of, or is it going to be a bunch of talk like Trump does, where he's like, big social media censorship's real bad. Somebody should do something about it. It's not well, like I'm I prisoner. think it's
0: a, I think it's a battle that Joe Rogan is like. I mean, I think anybody that's creative, because pretty much every single uh, major content creator for YouTube has at least one story about how YouTube screwed them over in various ways and i'm sure mm-hmm. joe rogan has hundreds of them like that oh he talks and he's, he's talked about on the
1: show they de- they demonetize episodes with tom papa who tells dad jokes and bakes bread
0: <laughs> yeah see there's just like there doesn't seem to be a lot of rhyme or reason to certain things they do other than just like hey we don't want to pay this person or we just don't like this person so we're not going to let them have as much money as they should get well I- and I-, I feel like that's one thing he does fight for is uh fairness, if anything. I feel like that is a big part of the Joe Rogan ideal, is that stuff should be fair. Like, you shouldn't have a whole bunch of people who get to just make a bunch of arbitrary rules because they like or don't like something.
1: Yeah, but there's, I think there's more to it than that. I think part of the reason Joe really, um, and I'll, obviously I don't know the behind the scenes, but I would assume, especially since hit Joe's Opinions on COVID-19 on the podcast in the last couple of weeks have drastically shifted from talking to Adam, texting Adam about it, Adam Curry, from Mm. um, having guests on like Elon Musk really exposed a lot of that. Um, I think Joe, Joe has realized that YouTube, I mean, Dr. Erickson and his uh, cohort, what was your colleague, Dr. Erickson and his colleague, very respected medical doctors did a press conference. They explained how the number the CDC is fudging the numbers. They're marking regular deaths as COVID-19 causing deaths. Um, they're taking away our freedoms. You have doctors, nurses, scientists all over the world, like the the guy that won the Nobel Peace Prize for discovering HIV says this thing was clearly made in a the lab. They're using it to take away our freedoms. It's not that deadly. It's a patented virus. He's banned from social media. You have Dr. Erickson, his video got seven million views on YouTube. YouTube banned it. You have legit medical doctors who are now banned. You have politicians from around the world who are being banned by YouTube for talking about things like the pandemic, Bill Gates. And they're talking about it rationally.
0: And Yeah, they're they're not just coming out with like crazy off the wall conspiracies. They have at least like backgrounds in the field and they know a little bit about it. They're still being treated like they're off the wall. Yeah, and I mean,
1: I've it's the censorship under this COVID thing with YouTube, Twitter. I mean, they're they've been deleting Trump's tweets. I mean, it's like so. Even Fox News is. Uh, well, this is a sidebar, but Fox News is attacking Trump for his uh, promotion of hydroxychloroquine, shit like that. So,
5: mm-hmm.
1: I think Joe has seen in the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months, but especially the last couple of weeks that like. I think that might have catalyzed his call to Alex if this if Alex's version of it is how it went down. It's like Joe because Joe's talked about it. He's kind of played it down. But I mean, he's him and even Brian Callen, who doesn't even believe that Bohemian Grove is real, are talking about how they're faking deaths and they're using it to take away rights. And they're censoring legit doctors and nurses. And the hospitals are empty, even though the news says they're overrun. So, like, I think that was the big catalyst for Rogan when he's like, why? Like, YouTube is clearly evil.
0: Yeah, it's a, like, of the bigger picture here, rather. I mean, the specifics of COVID 19, yes. But the bigger picture, and I think it's something that Joe Rogan has always talked about is censorship. And it's stuff that's being censored. And I mean, it's not, the reasons it's being censored are pretty ridiculous, too. It's this stuff shouldn't be censored. Like, you should allow people to have the opinions they want to have. And to display them, and if you're going to be a platform that's like, hey, I'm going to censor this stuff that I don't like, especially if it's coming from like legitimate sources, mm-hmm. what, what are you doing? You're just running a circus that you want to have complete control over.
1: Yeah, and the Communications Decency Act, Section 230, states that you are, the only reason a platform is not allowed to be sued for the content on their website is because they are a public forum that anybody can post on. So if you're yeah. going to not let it be a public forum, you, they get, they got their foot on both sides of the line. So if you, either you have to inf- like be a public forum and not ban anything unless it's illegal. Yeah. Or you have to, if you're going to curate, you need to be liable for the content on your platform. But they, like, yeah, Silicon Valley pretty much runs most of D.C. politicians, if you look at the donations to them. It's but the anyway, story as yeah. old
0: as time. The industries that have the most money get to make the most rules. <laughs> yeah. So, would
1: you say I that all that being said, and we can play another minute of this, and then we'll just move past it. This will probably be the biggest, this is a long opening chunk, but it, I think it's kind of important. Um, yeah. All that being said, what do you think about Rogan's move to Spotify? Was it a it was was it a Faustian deal or or um? A strategic chess move in the war I think for it's too free speech. Early to
0: tell. Yeah, I, I mean. think it's gonna. We're gonna have to get a lot closer to when it actually happens and see if his opinions start changing. Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me, or what exactly he does at this point. It could be. It's very speculative. It could be a Faustian deal where he was like, "I've got. I'm just gonna sign over, get a whole bunch of money, and you know, just do whatever Spotify says." Because Spotify is a pretty uh woke company as it is too but they yeah. do they are better about letting just whatever like i mean our shows on spotify yeah <laughs> so they're pretty open to whoever wants to yeah. be on spotify
1: but they i mean david ike has been on spotify for years talking about how reptilian lizards control the government but as soon as he started talking about the dangers of 5g they shut that guy down fast so um Yeah, it's Spotify is suspect. That's that was the main problem I had. It wasn't Spotify in general. They're not as bad as YouTube is for censorship, by like for sure. But I I put them on par with Twitter as far as censorship. Like they censor a lot of people, but it's not near as blatant as like YouTube and Google is just crazy blatant. The main uh, point of contention I had with Rogan moving to Spotify exclusively was why didn't you just like you like like we were talking about, just like you had such an opportunity to make your own platform, like Alex Jones yeah. did Band Video. If Rogan did something like that, it would have. I mean, it would have yeah, been a bigger a whole, game changer. There's a
0: whole other element that goes into that because you got to build your platform. You have to figure out how to get it to work right. And then you've got to get all of the your listeners to migrate to that specific. Uh, website or whatever you're going to use you know and that's a lot harder He still got to get him to migrate to spotify
1: spotify is unavailable well yeah that the money yeah the money is a big chunk of it um yeah it's i can't I really that- i can't judge rogan's decision on the whole spotify thing because obviously i'm not going to act like i would turn down a hundred plus million dollars oh yeah but that guy's got so much money already that like i don't know
0: I'm yeah, kind of I repeating myself. Overall, well. I think it's. I think it's really like, I could see like it being like a sellout, and I can also see it being a uh, middle finger to YouTube and being like that. I think it's too early to tell. I think we're gonna have to wait till it actually starts moving towards there and to see what YouTube or if YouTube does anything in response. Yeah, because well, if ac- YouTube gets Alex... pissed off about it, that probably means it was a middle finger to YouTube.
1: Right. Well, yeah. According to Alex. um, YouTube is still in the contract that, like, you know how they have Joe Rogan clips, Jerry clips? Like, they'll have clips, 20 minutes per episode of clips from each episode on YouTube. That's yeah. in the contract, just to get people to re- be reminded they can listen to it on Spotify. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's too early to tell. But um, I hope Alex Definitely. is right about this.
0: Oh, that'd be really, That would be really cool to see that, like, Rogan actually trying to, like, do something positive kind of the way that elon musk tries to do stuff that's like at least seems fairly positive with all of his influence and power yeah i
1: mean i think i think rogan is shoulders above and i never thought i would say this back when i first started listening to rogan like you know eight years ago or however long it was but now i think rogan is i mean he he is shoulders above alex jones or elon musk or even cnn as far as like swinging an election like, people really, like, the amount of sway that Joe has is insane. It um, is. So, yeah, I, that's that's another reason I got really upset that Joe was just kissing Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci's ass. And I emailed Adam about it, but I get what Adam's saying. Yeah. It's like, Joe is just, like,
0: he's smart, you gotta, but he's you not. You gotta toe some lines sometimes if you yeah. want to get what you want. Right.
1: Well, anyway, let's listen to maybe another minute of this and then move on.
4: All right. This he goes, I don't care if I get shut off everywhere. He goes, I'm going to war in in September. And he said, I want you first guest.
1: <laughs> the background on the big jumbo screens behind Alex is <laughs> Joe Rogan with a giant American flag behind his head.
4: <laughs> Out of, of the gate and then Elon Musk next. And if they think they've been attacked so far, get ready. And because I know Joe, he knows as much or more. I mean, it's scary. You're about to see a calculated Alex Jones. And he said, I don't care what happens. It's for my kids. These people, because he has the inside metrics. He goes, Elon Musk, you know, 100 plus million views. They shadow ban it. They block it. They claim it's 10 million views. Same thing. You know, th- th- that's the new interview. And so all of this and, 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 and these tech dictators, I, I, I told Joe a few years ago, I said, I'm coming after you because I know you know all this as much as I do or more. I know you're just as tough as I am, maybe tougher, probably tougher. And you're letting these people piss on you? I said, I demand you attack them. And Joe's like, oh, they're not that bad. And once he finally saw them, here was the, here was the camel. Here was the straw that broke the camel's back he tries to get medical doctors on people that own hospitals, you know, PhDs on top of it. And, and, and YouTube tells him you're not having them on. He goes, wait a minute. I can't have major medic. He watches all these medical doctors being banned. And again, Mm -hmm. Joe Rogan is all of us. Like I am Spartacus. You were Spartacus. There's this moment where you're just like, you know what? I'm not going to bow to you anymore. I'm not going to get down on my knees ever again this is ridiculous
1: Uh (laughs) okay so there's another there's another good 13 minutes of this i will link it in the show notes because it's worth watching the whole thing yeah uh it honestly would be fun to dissect the whole thing but that's not why we're doing this episode so uh i will link that in the show notes and you can do with it as you will unless youtube removes it which they usually do so get it while it's hot hot i might actually honestly i wonder if i can uh i might try to rip this video and download it before youtube removes it and just upload it as a video embedded in our website because oh, that'd um, be
0: cool you can all, also link it on twitter
1: yeah yeah and uh oh alex jones makes it perfectly clear that all of his content is free to um post and anywhere you want to so I'll probably just see if I can just re-upload that whole thing on our website under if if there's a way to do that. Anyways, so mm-hmm. that is a loose tie-in with Joe Rogan's Spotify deal being a non-metaphysical Faustian deal potentially, um, which I thought it, I thought it was a sellout uh, compromise, but if between what Adam curry emailed me and what alex jones especially what alex jones is saying and he's known joe for a damn like multiple decades so i am hoping that this actually really makes a big this can make some big waves and some big changes we oh, might yeah. see people that have been censored if alex is right come back um because that's i mean that's a big and that's the, the you know the the first rat rogan's the first rat leaving the sinking ship i guess if you want to um
0: oh i got it yeah that could be it that it could, could start a cascade
1: because people have been talking yeah. about leaving youtube for a long time and if th- this could make bit big um if people just like gab instead of like this could if there is like one guy you want to like get off the censorship social media train then this would be the guy to lead the charge so hopefully that'll
0: and maybe this is part of it. Maybe he's moving away from YouTube. He's going to go to Spotify, and maybe he'll build his own website from uh, the comfort of Spotify. Since Spotify, really, their whole thing is just to host content. Maybe he's just going to move away from YouTube, try to get everybody to gradually move away from that, and he's going to build his own uh, media empire. Yeah, content yeah. place.
6: Hello, this is Hank Hill and I'm telling you what you need to listen to Alex Jones.
0: Yeah, yeah. info@worth.com.
1: Yeah.
6: <laughs> nice.
1: Mike Judge. That'd be a good Rogan guest, Mike Judge.
0: Oh, that'd be awesome.
1: Okay, so now the now to the meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh I guess uh, this this will be kind of quick. Um, I went and looked for making an opening mix when I was doing that. I was like, let me find some songs that are literally just called Faustian Bargain. Yes. Did you find any? I found a lot. Uh, There must have been 15 to 20 of them named variations of Faustian Bargain, Faustian Deal, A Faustian Deal, The Faustian Deal, The Faustian Bargain, The Faustian Pact. There was a lot of songs on there. And most of them sounded exactly like this. Wait, no, that is not what most of them sounded. <laughs> that was the one I didn't want should label these. Ah. There's Every single song had a similar sound pretty much. And it was usually this type of stuff. So, I'll skip uh, a good minute into the song and see how it sounds then.
5: It's turned, it's the
1: so yeah, lots of pentagrams, lots of screaming. Pretty much every song makes. about the Faustian Bargain.
0: So uh, yeah, makes there's Makes an... sense Are that a uh, Death Here's... metal be into that. Here's another one with the same
1: name. A Faustian Bargain.
6: You're a cunt. You're a cunt now. You've always been a cunt. And the only thing that's going to change is you're going to become an even bigger cunt. You
1: have some more cunt kids. So, as another band's The Faustian Bargain, I'm gonna skip a, about a minute, minute and 30 in, see how it sounds then. See if it calmed down a little bit.
0: Oh, that's much calmer.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, pretty. All the bands that. um made this reference in their song, and there was a lot. Pretty much all of them are very into uh, death metal.
5: Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Those were all pretty much the exact same name, and I could play ten more for you, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the songs.
0: All right, so we've got a general idea. This is very much involved (laughs) in the... uh, the crowd that enjoys pentagrams and screaming and thrashing metal.
1: Hate worldwide, baby. Slayer. Woo. <laughs> um I did like this one and I might see if um This one this is like the counter this is like the antidote to that music. You ready? Okay. over this part about being free,
5: all.
1: We all be free. and then you keep rapping right here and this is the part where you would
0: rap right
1: here see that's how you do a good rap song just for those who oh, didn't yeah. know um,
0: I like that without no it doesn't need any rapping I like that the way it was it was kind of nice
1: well that was a that was like a rap remix uh beat the, the original one goes into like uh uh I guess you kind of like queen meets mastodon kind of like hair metal death metal hair metal type shit. Um okay. Hmm. That was like a, a a rap beat remix. Anyways, anyways uh so yeah, let's do a little intro to Faustian deals because let's do it. because people need to know
3: about that yes if folktales are to be believed the devil seems to have quite the interest in music whether it's the satanic imagery that's ever pervasive in metal or the legendary fiddle duel in the devil went down to georgia it would appear that the prince of darkness likes a good tune as much as you and i <laughs> but there's one tale of the devil in music that captivates like no other and it's one that's been told for centuries the deal with the devil Nearly everyone knows this kind of story now, and that's because it has a rich history dating back several centuries. Let's take a closer look.
0: Oh, we're taking a closer look. Taking a closer look. Ooh. Get real close.
3: Ooh. Deals with the devil have appeared in Western mythology for a long time, but they really first started catching on in the late 1500s, thanks to a man named Johann Faust. Faust was a German alchemist and magician who was alleged to have made a pact with the demon Mephistopheles in return for his soul. His talent became famous after being documented in Christopher Marlowe's play, The Tragical History of Dr. Faustus. A hundred years later, the myth first made its way into music thanks to Giuseppe Tartini. In 1713, the devil appeared to Tartini in a dream, and Tartini made a pact for his soul. In the dream, he gave the devil a violin, and the devil performed the most beautiful sonata he had ever heard. Immediately upon waking up, Tartini tried to write down what he heard, and created the Violin Sonata in G, better known as the Devil's Trill Sonata. Despite the success of this piece, Tartini wrote that his effort was so inferior to what I had heard that if I could have subsisted on other means, I would have broken my violin and abandoned music forever.
1: Wow. So the main takeaway from that is Tartini is a dumb name. Yes.
0: (laughs) Tartini. Whose name Tartini? Tartini.
1: I don't care how Italian you are. I would rather your name be Meatball Spaghetti Man. (laughs) Pasta Esquire.
0: Tartini Stupid. Hi my name's Tartini I heard a cool song in a dream once Hi
1: <laughs> And the devil made me do it The By devil the way, made me do if it If the devil really I mean I know he said it was a mere representation of that song But if that was The devil could do better than that Like I listened to that Tartini thing that made him famous That he said like the devil gave to him in a dream It's, yeah. un, it's unlistenable It's that bad? Well, I mean, you know, art is subjective, I guess, so I can't, I mean, it's not like a, but I didn't like it. Maybe it was just somebody playing it badly since he, maybe he was playing it really well since he lived like 600 years ago. Uh oh, yes, I mean, they just didn't record a
0: presentation of it yeah. now.
1: So uh, here's some more Faustian deals about old weird dudes with wigs that played violin. Apparently the devil liked violin 500 years ago because that's all he really made deals about was violins and shit. It would seem. So, I mean, even like Johnny, right? That's Devil Dow George's Johnny. Johnny rising up your bow. Yeah, yeah, it was at least yeah, a Johnny rising
0: up your bow and playing a fiddle. Hard.
1: You didn't see him playing yeah, no a fi- a violin. freaking violin. He was playing a fiddle like a man.
0: That's it. It's the same thing. Uh, I think they're the same thing.
1: So right? Fiddles. I like fiddles better. Violins, like the snobby fiddles, what old crow medicine show. Violins are what like orchestras play. True. Like a fiddle is a harmonica, and a violin's like a kazoo.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It would seem that the devil's interest in violin didn't wane, as rumors of another violinist cohorting with the devil came about a century later. Niccolo Paganini is considered by some to be the greatest violin virtuoso ever to have lived. He started music at the age of 5 on the mandolin, was composing by the age of 7, and performing live at 12. And he was such a virtuoso, that the public began to surmise that his talents must have come from dark dealings. On top of his skills, Paganini had a pale, lanky look, with long fingers and flaming eyes. The legends of his performances are something else to behold. Some reports say audiences made the sign of the cross as they watched him perform to protect themselves from evil. Other stories have him continuing to play flawless now, wait a notes second. on broken... Why would
0: they be there watching him perform if they were having to make crosses to protect themselves? Why would they just not be there?
1: Well, so you see, um, history requires a little bit of faith, right? Do we have mm-hmm. photographic evidence of the Founding Fathers? No, people just had to paint pictures of them so that we hope they, like, we know what they look like, we hope we know what happened. But I mean, really, after, like, everything from, like, before 1900, when cameras existed, it's just basically on faith. It's all faith. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I suppose. ...is have him continuing to play flawless notes on broken strings, and contorting his body into weird shapes while performing one fan even left a vienna concert claiming he had seen the devil aiding paganini at the age of 54 paganini died and one of the last things he did
1: dude just shy of the 27 club man he almost made it
3: things he did before he died was send away a priest who had come to perform last rites this cemented his association with the devil in many people's minds
1: so uh these dudes with like powdered wigs living in london like five hundred years ago, when they haven't e- hadn't they hadn't even invented bread yet, so
0: bread wasn't let's, even a thing. No one yeah, thought about.
1: Let's it. skip past that. Not only bread, they didn't have Pringles. Um, it's just a bunch of dipshits back then, really.
0: So, yeah, they didn't have rotisserie chickens yet.
1: Let's move to the fun part when Americans were selling their souls. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So, unfortunately, it's still this same guy with a lisp doing the uh story but oh jeez!
3: less than a hundred years later legends of the devil meddling in musical affairs
1: started oh but see how the music changed it's like now it sounds a little bluesier
0: now a little bluesier a little more like
1: like early New Orleans
0: carnival thing yeah
1: I didn't say that by the way
3: less than a hundred years later legends of the devil meddling in musical affairs started once more in the 1920s and 30s, a pair of blues musicians in the Mississippi Delta are alleged to have run-ins with the devil. First came Tommy Johnson, a guitar virtuoso known for his eerie yodeling. Johnson's brother Liddell spread the legend of Tommy's first so
0: eerie. One
3: night, the story goes, Tommy Johnson went to the crossroads, the crossroads. just before midnight and played guitar midnight. until a big black man came up to him, took his guitar, and tuned it.
1: <laughs> okay, so... First of all, when they say back in like the 1905 or whenever Tommy Johnson took his guitar to the tracks and sold a soul at midnight, when they say a big black man came up and tuned his guitar for him, do they mean like a black spirit or like a dark entity? Or do they mean just literally a big black dude like Terry Crews just walked up and tuned his guitar?
0: I mean, I'm thinking spirit kind of guy, you know, very... Shadow figure. Yeah,
1: in context, a big black man could mean very different things back in the
0: back a yes. hundred
1: thirty years ago or whatever.
3: Or midnight, and played guitar until a big black man came up to him, <laughs> took his guitar, and tuned it. After it that, shack. Tommy Johnson could play <laughs> the guitar like no man alive.
1: Ooh. So there's a uh, this is such a popular story of blues artists, um going down to the crossroads at midnight. Uh, Specifically, this crossroad in Mississippi is where the biggest tales are told, but it's such a popular folklore that in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? They're driving, I think it's about halfway through the movie, they're just driving through the middle of nowhere and they go by this crossroads and they pick up Tommy Johnson.
6: You folks going past Tishomingo?
4: Sure, hop in. How you doing, son? Name's Everett. These two soggy sons of bitches are, uh, Pete and Delmer. Keep your fingers away from Pete's
0: mouth. He ain't had nothing to eat for 13 years except prison food, gopher, and a little greasy horse.
6: Thanks for the lift, sir. My name's Tommy. Tommy Johnson. How you doing, Tommy? Say, I haven't seen a house out here for miles. What are you doing out in the middle of nowhere? Well, I had to be at that there crossroads last midnight sell my soul to the devil.
0: Well, ain't it a small world, spiritually speaking? Pete and Delmer just been baptized and saved. I guess I'm the only one that remains unaffiliated. This ain't no laughing matter, Everett. What did the devil give you for your soul, Tommy?
6: Well, he taught me to play this here guitar real good. Oh, son, for that, you traded your everlasting soul? Well, I wouldn't use it. I've <laughs> always wondered. I wouldn't use the devil it. look like? Well, of course, they're all manner
0: of lesser imps and demons, Pete, but the great Satan himself is red and scaly with
7: a
6: bifurcated tail, and he carries a hay fork. Oh, no. No, sir. He's white. As white as you folks. <laughs> with empty eyes and a big hollow voice. He loved to travel round with a mean old hound. That's right.
1: Loved to travel round with a mean old hound. Um <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah in, uh, interestingly Lu- yeah Lucifer as the Albert Pike who wrote the Freemason Bible said Lucifer actually means light, and he's good so yeah Tommy Johnson's like oh yeah he was bi- he was white uh I think that's biblical biblically accurate from a Christian perspective too. Lucifer appears yeah. as a being of light
0: he was the most beautiful angel true it went to his head
1: yeah, it's like the, all the red demony like scaly shit is like a psyop or something uh so then we move into not to be confused with tommy johnson we have robert johnson uh comes a couple decades later and same thing went down to the crossroads soul to soul at midnight
3: outside of the alleged deal with the devil and his influence on blues music johnson's life was rather uneventful though that can't be sad for robert johnson unrelated to tommy another musician who apparently made a faustian bargain johnson was one of the most impressive guitar players of his time and one of the most important musicians of all time and when he was a young man in the late 1920s he started to play guitar but apparently he had no talent for it (laughs) fellow blues man's son house famously remembered how johnson played the guitar such a racket you never heard it'd make the people mad you know They'd come out and say, Why don't y'all go in and get that guitar away from that boy? He's running people crazy with it. I'd come back in and I'd scold him about it. Then one day, Robert Johnson left Robinsonville, where he had been living. When he came back, he was a changed man. Johnson returned with incredible guitar skills, sliding around the neck seamlessly while maintaining steady rhythms. Legend has it, when Keith Richards first heard Johnson play, he thought it was two guitar players.
1: Yeah, so wow. Robert, Robert Johnson was the OG. He just left for a little bit. Everybody said he sucked. It's kind of like uh, <clears throat> like Lee Harvey Oswald, like how all his Marine buddies said he was like the worst shot in the platoon. Like he was a terrible shot. And then he pulls yeah. off a, a sniper shot like, uh, like that nobody could recreate. Navy SEALs, FBI tribe. So uh, Robert Johnson is kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, yeah, like everybody said he sucked. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's like the greatest guitar player in the world for the time spawns a whole blues movement and uh supposedly and this is the kind it's all speculation because who are you going to trust but supposedly he openly told people that he sold his soul to the devil as tommy johnson did at the crossroads uh and that's where bob dylan got the idea to do the same thing
0: okay i was hoping we were going to talk about bob dylan
1: yeah just we'll get to that infamous 60 minutes interview in a little bit and honestly I'm kind of, I'm barely scratching the surface because if you really wanted to, I mean, I was combing through hours of celebrities openly admitting they sold their souls to the devil, but I counted at least 75% of it as tongue-in-cheek slash trolling.
0: Um, yeah, just to say yeah. it because it's a popular thing.
1: Like how were you, I don't think it was on the podcast, but you were talking about how, yeah, like H.R. 666 is getting passed to like track people and you can enter their homes. And then Bill Gates patented uh, the implantable traceable um, nanotech vaccine that'll track you and make sure you've been vaccinated. And the patent number is 060606. And you said something like, well, if you were a billionaire, whether you were good or bad, you would just troll people, especially when they're accusing you of being like, the, you know, the Antichrist or whatever. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. You'd want to troll the people on the opposite side of you. I so mean, fact, think about it. You got a exactly. billion dollars. You're doing all this stuff. Why 74
1: not? Billion. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just on paper. <laughs> it's not including offshore accounts. So, uh, yeah. So if I don't buy that for Bill Gates, I think Bill Gates is a nefarious, creepy dude. But when it comes to musical artists, I I would Occam's Razor says most of it is trolling. Yeah, in, in my opinion,
0: they're artists.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, they're artists. They have a sense of creativity and everything. They
1: but it's not that creative because literally all of them stuff. say it. So it's not that creative.
0: Yeah, but it's a uh, trope, I guess. Right.
1: Yeah. Def- yeah. But tropes are not, I would not consider tropes creative. Nope.
0: Not, not necessarily.
1: Not. Um, but it's definitely a theme, whether they are genuine or not. And I have seen legit 100% artists like making FaceTime or not FaceTime, like Instagram Live videos, like crying about how they like can't get their soul back and shit. And it's like, are you talking metaphorically, like that you sold out or did you, like, you know, it's, and a lot of them talking code, it's very weird. And yeah, uh, yeah I, like I said at the beginning of this, this is a rabbit hole that the more you go down, the more you you've, don't know anything, but it's still fun.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, uh, more Robert Johnson.
3: Rumors started to grow that like Tommy Johnson before him, Robert had sold his soul to the devil at midnight at a crossroads. And if you listen to Robert Johnson's music, it's easy to believe it too. Atop his virtuoso play, Johnson's lyrics have a haunting desperation to them, and he even sings of his relationship with the devil. Hellhound on My Trail is a masterful song that takes the trope of the rambling blues man and puts a new spin on it.
1: Um, This is totally anecdotal. I actually heard this for the first time last night, talking to a couple people. Uh, mm-hmm. In the middle of the night, there was a dude, like, real big Robert Johnson fan, and he claims... And I have not had time to fact check this. I don't know how I would because it was so long ago and it's all hearsay. But he claims that Robert Johnson on his deathbed after like supposedly selling his soul at the crossroads, he always sung about like hellhounds on his trail. And like even in even in um Oh Brother War thou, Tommy Johnson says like he's real white and he travels with this big old hound. Um, so that's a weird thing with uh, Tommy Johnson and Robert Johnson in the blues is they song about like hell, hell hounds being on their trail, um, like fiery hounds. And, uh, apparently what I heard last night, and this is grain of salt because it was a drunk guy telling me this, but he's a big Robert Johnson fan. He said that, um, on his deathbed, like Robert Johnson was screaming in fear about the hounds that were like tearing him up. And he was screaming like the hounds are like chewing me up. They caught up with me, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, grain of salt wow. on that because that is v- very uh,
0: yeah. That's very that's coming from a drink. There's <laughs> yeah. no way yeah. to fact check that. There's yeah. no way to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's but that. I mean, definitely the biggest Robert Johnson fan I've met told me that. So, but yeah, it's oh. like how do you how yeah. With all this kind of topic, it's like how am I going to fact check this? One thing I will say, and we'll get into this near the end all the uh, when you when you look on you know google youtube uh bing duckduckgo any any type of search engine where you would research this kind of stuff and start getting yeah. into like forums and esoteric books and it it i here's where my research stopped when they tell you how to do these rituals <clears throat> they direct you to <clears throat> ancient books um there all are right. some of them available uh in pdf form or you can buy them Uh, just like you can get that occult like spell book um, annotated with Hitler's own personal notes that he wrote in it, Aleister Crowley book, I believe. I that's where I don't. I just at that point, it's like whether this stuff is real or not. I don't want that shit in my head. So,
0: yeah, because that's what makes most of this stuff real for people. Yeah, is looking into it and doing it, and then it's that thoughts in their head.
1: And I and if these. If, whether the spells are real or not but especially if they're real I don't even want to know how to do them yeah i, I they, there's certain things I would like not to know how to do, so that's where my research stopped uh, I didn't want to be a guinea pig and try like the crossroads at midnight or the um you know like the blood oath and the tarot cards and all that like i it, it's uh that kind of shit creeps me out and you could say I'm superstitious, but I did like that that seems like how you would figure out if this shit's real, and yeah. they all do link to like ancient books. Uh, most of the people citing this stuff, like all these creepy satanists on YouTube and shit. Um, I just didn't feel like. Like I'm sure I could have c- gotten more answers as to the validity of this stuff, but at what cost? I guess is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, at a certain point with this kind of stuff, especially going into like demonic stuff, like mm-hmm. all the oaths and everything, you either have to take the oaths or witness somebody taking the oaths or something to that effect, or at least know how the ritual works, which is essentially like taking it.
1: Yeah. And maybe I've seen evil dead too many times, but I don't want to have to put a chainsaw <laughs> on my arm and shit. You know, it's like even, yeah. even, even reading the words, whether or not I say them out loud, like now they're in my head, you know? So I just didn't want to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You don't and, want to just you have can... that rolling around in there. And then silly. Curiosity strikes one day. right?
1: Exactly. Or like Dave Mustaine said, um, he, he said Dave Mustaine of original guitarist Metallica then did Megadeth. I think it was on Alex Jones so he, t- he talked about it, but I've seen him talk about it elsewhere. He was, he said I wasn't always doing witchcraft and spells when I was drunk but every time I was doing witchcraft and spells I was drunk. And yeah. uh, he put this like hex or curse on some guy that he like hated or something and that very same day that dude died in a car crash and after that he got sober Ooh. and became a Christian. So it's like I hear enough people talk about shit like that where it's like, well, whether it's true or not, none of them seem, like, the people that have gotten out of it say it's bad, and the people that are in it and say it's good are creepy. So either way, I'm good on it.
3: Yeah. Anyway. Devil. Hellhound on My Trail is a masterful song that takes the trope of the rambling blues man and puts a new spin on it. The reason Johnson is a traveling, wandering vagabond is because he's got hellhounds following him. You could even look at this song as the middle of a trilogy of songs chronicling his run in with the devil. Crossroad Blues is where he sells his soul, and then the trilogy ends with Me and the Devil Blues, which has some of the most haunting opening lines ever.
1: That's the birth of rock and roll right
0: there. And that that
1: actually reminded me of something. Um, Have you seen the documentary, Pioneers of Rock?
0: I have not.
6: Rock and roll, you get rock and
7: roll. I learned everything from those old blues and folk guys, man.
2: I mean, you wouldn't have us or the Stones or uh, ACDC. None of that happens without Yodel and Sammy Watkins.
5: There's a June bug on my shoulder and a cricket up my sleeve. <laughs> I got a kyber down for about six
2: over me. There's a June bug on my shoulder. There's a cricket up my sleeve. Okay, that's rock and roll. When I was growing up, a lot of my friends were listening to hip hop or punk rock. And I don't know, it just didn't really do it for me. But then, I heard Green Bean Floyd's Possum Puddle. <laughs> I
5: got that. Oh,
2: Henry was a possum with a white-tailed flame. <laughs> when he
6: came to swim, he was laughing in the rain. Did the backstroke in the puddle by the
2: drain? Alone. that hurt me right here. Hurt me good. I got, I was, I was hooked in.
7: Oh boy, look at that one, Tenderfoot Williams. God, there's a song on here about a June bug joining a baseball team. Slick Kip Wimpton. God. This one's about two inchworms on a date. So, running for blood, I was doing this kind of thing.
6: Cap Haplin was kind of a...
2: You can hear these guys across all types of music these days. It's a trip, man.
3: Here's my track, Nasty Business. Now, your Skeeter Clee
2: Callahan's Walk Around in Mud.
6: All oh, the taterbugs said to the laterbug, <laughs> let's a bramble The, pile. the later bug said to the tater bug, we can do it on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so, as soon as I kept hearing, all, like, I Robert Johnson, I'm not denying all the, like, innovative things he did to music. The Beatles ripped him off for sure and took the credit, but, like, when I heard all these old Robert Johnson songs, mainly because it was recording like the 20s when they were recording with 10 cans, like fucking all I thought about was that birthday boy sketch about the pioneers of rock. It sounds exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, it's
0: pretty much the same stuff. It's really, I mean, obviously the the content of what the lyrics were with the juke bugs and all. <laughs> I love how all of
1: them have to do with some kind of bug. There's a yeah. can, the visuals make this whole bit on the Birthday Boys so much better because there's like it's just like dudes like live like just like a dude in a barrel like you know on a dusty road with like a one string guitar <laughs> or like another dude with like mud like smud all over his face and dirt and he's like got a little he's by a picket fence and he's got a sign that says clothes and potato for sale like a singular <laughs> potato like shit like that it's like these guys were the pioneers of rock it's like great depression <laughs> like <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah finishing that up
7: you
1: Hear that It's like the same
7: song Kale donk I mean that guy was metal 50 60 years before anyone
2: <laughs> Hold on a second finger uh, bug just hopped up on
7: my
6: knee
7: <coughs> whistling That's pretty metal
6: I made a dollar ten collecting like no cans. Wim, pim, laddie totty, whittle, T.D. Would you look at that? There's a bug on me. Ooh, there's a bug on me. There's a bug on
2: me. That is real music, okay? If you listen to a song like that on the radio today, people couldn't listen to it. They wouldn't accept it because it's too real. It always sounded to me like rattling Cam Hollins was always fighting with his guitar, just trying to rip that truth and that emotion, those guts right out of it, man. I don't know how he did it.
5: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it sounds
1: like me playing a ukulele, dude. That's bad. um So, yeah, with that sound in mind, give another quick listen to how Robert Johnson sounded. This is actually Robert
6: Johnson.
1: It's a little better. It's not as bad as yeah. that, but it's. It, a little more soul to it. Yeah, and it's also like yeah, the, I guess the main if you had like really good acoustics and good recording and not a literal tin can um I'm sure Robert Johnson sounded way better in a live setting, I'm sure. Uh there's only so oh, much yeah. you can do with that kind of shit, but he is he was a damn good guitar player. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I once I heard this, I was like I have to take the side tangent to the <laughs> pioneer's a rock bit because that's like i couldn't get that out of my head
4: but at this moment, ooh, you on my door. And I, said,
6: Hello, Satan. I believe it's time to go
5: on
6: august 16 1938
3: the devil came for robert johnson's soul Johnson was poisoned by a jealous husband and died at just 27 years old.
1: Oh, 27 Club.
3: One oh. of the originals,
1: actually. So, yeah, you got Robert Johnson. Uh, I, wow, maybe Tommy Johnson was in it. I can't remember. I have to look it up. There's a... Wikipedia has even got the list, but you got Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, Jim Morrison of The Doors. Uh list goes on and on. But, yeah, the 27... And, and, and I mean, shit, Jim Morrison was openly doing Blood Oaths, and called himself the Lizard King. And that is yeah. a, that's that's not exaggerating, that's literally true, so. Um, oh yeah,
0: definitely, he's got several songs where he calls himself that, interviews where he calls himself that. Yeah. I think he actually, like, he did some, like, it was a big, it was a psychedelic, and I can't remember if it was acid or mescaline or something, Yeah, he, was he doing did that when he came down. Yeah. He was a Lizard King.
1: Yes, in the in the woods. Yeah, it was peyote. He met the Indians. He was hey. the lizard king. Oh, huh?
0: hey, that could actually be. I would believe that to be more of a actual way to make a, like a Faustian deal than going to a crossroads. You just do a whole bunch of like peyote or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and then you just sit out it, in the
0: woods. Well, you'll and notice you try a, to make something like that happen.
1: The first musical example was. Uh, Martini or whatever his name was, the devil came to him in a dream, which is a very psychedelic state as well. Um, yes. Especially if you are good at lucid dreaming. So, yeah, I would, um, it's kind of like, it just depends what allegory you want to use to describe these types of hacks or cheat codes. Uh, you could use a video game analogy, like putting in a cheat code. Um,
0: yeah, definitely. Like how to subvert the yeah. normal way of life. Like chaos magic shit.
1: Um, you know, you, you yeah. jerk, jerk off onto a ham sandwich and uh crack open an egg kill a rooster and you bury it all together under a full moon like that's kind of shit like people do that shit all the time does it work i don't know that's not a
0: real one is it that's not like a real thing
1: they definitely usually they usually involve blood and semen uh i mean that that goes back to spirit cooking that uh maria bronovich and hillary were all coming out in the wikileaks uh spirit cooking's usually blood and semen um and there's usually lunar cycles involved or like the mer that's what another thing that's weird about this is the people that are really know how to quote unquote know how to do this stuff are very into astrology, mercury like the aligning of the planets, like Saturn worship. They're all really into Saturn. Uh you know, the black cube, shit like that. Um it's I I, I don't know if it works. And like I said, I don't really want to. F- I'm not going to be the guinea pig that finds out. So, it's all... At this point, it's all speculation and second-hand opinions. And that's all it's going to be, at least on my end.
0: Yeah, I'm not digging any further into that than uh, Uh, than talking about it. It's cool to talk about. I like talking uh,
1: about it, but I'm going to keep my distance. Um,
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: So, uh, uh, Netflix did a documentary uh, about Robert Johnson... I believe it is called Crossroads.
8: Robert Johnson is considered one of the greatest blues artists of all time.
9: It's the template for what became rock and roll. I believe Robert Johnson was extremely talented, extremely gifted, and way off balance. Something's spinning strangely in that man's life. Robert was a novice guitar player, not very good.
0: This man was a nobody and then he disappears. A year and a half later, he's doing things with the guitar that even his mentors can't do. How could Robert possibly have gotten that good that
6: fast? The myth goes, Robert went to the crossroads, got down on his knees, handed his guitar to the devil. The devil said, once you receive the guitar back, your soul is mine. If you do make a deal with the devil, you're going to have to pay the price. It ended up costing him the bill coming due. He let his arrogance go too far. We all have to choose how much we can sacrifice in order to achieve greatness.
1: So, I I watched that. Um, it's about what you'd expect. It's a lot of pretty cool Robert Johnson stories, and a lot of people going like, maybe sold a soul. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. No one to know, Ooh. which is kind of what we're doing. So, uh, yeah. Netflix scooped us on that. Um, <clears throat> Dang. but so, uh, when it comes to, With that, Like I said, I did not want to um, dig deep into this. I didn't want to read any old Aleister Crowley esoteric books or any, like, Necronomicon-type shit. Nothing inked in blood or written on human flesh. So
0: I... uh, Nothing that's going to potentially summon a demon into the room.
1: Yeah. Or just telling me how to summon a demon, because it's like, if I know it, then it's just going to be, like, who knows what could happen? I don't even want to know how to do it. So, that being said... um, I looked mainly on YouTube just to see what people were talking about. And there was two types of videos. There were really creepy, like Satanists and witches and like chaos magic people talking about how to do it, uh, giving semi-detailed instructions. But even they said, I can't utter the words here. You'll have to look at them in this book. I don't want to speak these words. Shit like that. Um, Yeah, They would always have candles and masks. Some of it was gimmicky. Some of it seemed... uh, slightly trolly some of it seemed like these people were genuine and very unhinged and weird um but those videos usually end up being like 45 minutes two hours i don't have time for that uh so i went with the tmz youtube version the equivalent of tmz uh this is (laughs) how to survive a deal with the devil what would you give (laughs) notice notice the (laughs) background music (laughs) they have play. yeah so yeah, this, this seemed like a better middle. I do have some clips from some weird people, but after like an hour or two of watching these people, I was like, I don't even know what's a clip from this. Cause it's just blithering nonsense or references to like names of demons I've never heard of and like how cool they are and fun to talk to. So,
9: What would you give for fame, for money to be remembered forever? Would you sell your soul? According to music legend, that's exactly what some artists did. They paid the ultimate price in exchange for skills unrivaled. Where did this myth of selling one's soul to the devil begin? And if you wanted to do the same, how exactly would you go about it? Hi, I'm Shelley from Happy Mag.
0: Hi. Hi, I'm Shelley
9: from Happy Mag. And today we're proud to present the one true guide that every fame-hungry musician needs. How to survive a deal with the devil.
1: I did not... I I will not make you... Sit. There's a couple... Another clip or two of this, but I will... Basically, spoiler alert, they give you no information on not only how to make a deal with the devil, they give you zero information on how to survive it. It uh, is like the most clickbaity buzzfeed type thing I've ever seen.
9: The notion of selling one's soul is entwined in rock and roll history. Hell, Bob Dylan even admitted to it once.
6: Why do you still do it? Why are you still out here? Well, it goes back to the Destiny thing. I, mean, I made a bargain with it, you know, a long time ago. And I'm, holding up my hand. What was your bargain? To get where um, I am
1: now. Okay, so just deconstructing that first part, what do you think Dylan meant by that? I made a bargain uh... to get where I am now. That's the classic 60 Minutes interview that all the Christians point to and go like, Oh, it's all as all you he
0: Well, I mean, he could have. He could be talking about, you know, literal devil, literal demon. Well, he didn't
1: uh, use the word devil or demon um he said i made a bargain i'm keep him up mind of the deal
0: i mean it could have been a, literally a bargain with a rich or powerful person to help him get where he is or with himself you know okay kind well, of an yeah. affirmation thing yeah know. it's
1: that that's the thing about this is like sometimes artists are very upfront and literally say i sold my soul to satan um like eminem and a lot of other people have said that when they're super upfront about it, I tend to view that as like a publicity stunt um, or like, you know, just to just some shit to like, you know, like a troll, um.
0: an attention seeking statement.
1: Yes. Like um, something
0: like just to bring some spotlight onto them.
1: Right. But now, how Bob Dylan says it, that gives me more pause than someone flat out saying it.
0: Yeah, he seems a little more serious about it.
1: Yeah, and listen to what he follows it up with to get
6: where um, i am now should i ask who you made the bargain with <laughs> with, with 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 you know with the chief uh, chief
4: commander on this earth <laughs> and this earth and, in, uh, and then uh in the world we
0: can't see hmm. so he made a
1: deal with the chief commander of this earth and the world we can't see
0: that's how That is a very unique way to put that. I've never heard anybody else say chief commander.
1: Yeah, and what got me was the chief commander of this world and the world we can't see. So it's like, yeah, what does that mean? I mean, maybe you can say it's like a shadow music organization that pulls the strings and that's the world we can't see is like behind the scenes of the music industry. I'm not buying that. Mm -hmm. That sounded a lot. I don't know. It's very cryptic. Um. And I mean, it's like shit, like Bob Dylan's song, you got to serve somebody. It may be the devil and it may be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Bob. The Bob The Di- That Bob Dylan one of all of them is more compelling to me than all the like Jay-Z, Eminem, Nicki Minaj bullshit where it's like, I sold my soul to Satan.
0: Yeah, it's a little too upfront. It it's just very on the like nose. Yeah. Like, like I did... It's more like, to me, it seems like a statement they get out there, and they're like, look at me, I was willing to sell my soul to the devil to get where I am.
1: Like Juice and world like, and then he died a year later. He was like, fixing yeah. to sell my soul. He's like, they can Instagram pictures in the middle of a pentagram and shit with candles.
0: Yeah, I that out Juice was world. just dumb. Like, yeah. looking at that, I was like, if this is how you sell your soul to Satan, uh, this is dumb. <laughs> Satan came up with a dumb ritual.
1: Well, hey, if it's an easy ritual, then you get more souls, right? If it makes a hard, tricky, complicated ritual, then he's like, wait, he's only going to get like Steve Jobs or something.
0: Oh, well, if it's too easy, then I
1: don't know why Steve Jobs was my first example of a smart person. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta have a you have a fine line of being easy enough that anybody can do it, but not so easy that everybody's a rock star and a millionaire, because then nobody would want to be one. Exactly. Um. Uh, so yeah, the anyway, the Bob Dylan one. That one was weird.
0: let yeah, me hear that one more time. Any person get, out of all these people that have actually sold their soul to the devil or had an interaction with a demonic being, it's Bob Dylan.
1: Uh, or the ones that died when they were twenty-seven.
0: <laughs> or the ones that died. Yeah, that could be
6: it. To get where um, I am now, should, should I ask who you made the bargain with? <laughs> with, 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 with
7: you know, with the chief, uh, chief commander
4: on this earth <laughs> and this earth and in, uh, in, the, in the world we can't see
1: that's another interesting thing is the the interviewer immediately says after he says chief commander the interview goes of this earth
0: yeah i mean like at that time i'm sure the rumors had already circulated that he sold his soul to the devil so that's possible yeah you're right that's obviously where the reporter wanted this to go
1: yeah i guess it's he taught like him that. how to write songs but not how to sing man
0: I know. I never understood that. Why he sings the way he does?
1: It goes back to the old yeah, uh, like, pioneers of rock theory. Where's your Junebug like, on my knee?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like a bluegrassy thing almost. tries yeah, to bring it to—I didn't. I've never gotten that. I've he's never. Still better like than he's like.
1: To... He's still better than Neil Young, and especially better than uh. Shit, what's that guy's name? Uh, the dude for. Uh, the guy that's like trying to keep James Cameron from raising the bar in that South Park
0: episode? Uh, bu- bu- bu. is that Bono?
1: No, no. Uh, Randy. Oh, God, that's going to bug me now. The dude that has like Randy hot tons. Newman. Randy Newman. Yeah. 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 Bob Dylan is still better than Randy Newman for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh. It's like all those guys, <laughs> I guess they sold their mouth to the devil and they had to sing out of their nose. Uh,.
1: Okay, so here uh, finally is (laughs) that same lady. What was her name? Kelly or some bullshit? Um, Uh, Shelly? Shelly, Kelly, Karen. We'll call her Karen. Um, Karen. Carrot. 24-Karen Gold. Okay, so yeah, uh, this is how to survive a deal with the devil. And tell me what you learned from this.
9: It hardly stops at Dylan, though. There's Robert Johnson, Jimmy Page... Ozzy Osbourne, Niccolo Paganini, even Eminem and Kanye West are among the many accused. If you want to make...
1: Okay, by the way, Kanye broke free. That's why he's got the MAGA hat now. Because he's on the Jesus train.
9: If you want to make the un
0: Right, is that how it works? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Like, I mean, what you said... But I mean, like, if you sold your soul, like, yeah, can you get it back? You know, I wouldn't think you could it's get pin- it back. You sold it.
1: Yeah, well, there's always a loophole, right? um, I guess, but... Yeah, Kanye openly has talked about in interviews, and, you know, he's bipolar, so once again, grain of salt, but he's honestly talked about how his handlers, he's tweeted about his handlers, um, were brainwashing him. He said, like, he was mentally enslaved and he broke free. Now, this could be metaphors, but considering his, the type of music and, like, weeping and moaning and gnashing of teeth type stuff, like, in Mercy, weeping and moaning and gnashing of teeth. He has songs about how he's Jesus and he's better than Jesus. And then, after he gets out of that, now he's just literally singing about Jesus and not cussing in his latest album. So, like, it could all be a show, just like people saying they sold their soul to Satan. He's just like, I'm going to flip the script. I sold, you know, it's like, hey, who knows?
0: He's always ahead culturally, so. Yeah. Maybe there's going to be a, what's it called? A revival coming soon, and he's just getting into yeah, it. That'd be crazy. would be pretty wild. Yeah. that Yeah, that'd be nuts.
9: If you want to make the unholy deal yourself, you have to look at the whole picture. What did Dylan do right? Where did Robert Johnson go wrong? We're here to help anyone who's ready to face damnation for fame and fortune.
0: Thanks. I don't (laughs) think they're going to help me with that. I can't imagine this woman helping me face damnation.
1: By the way, that clip is like the most... This is literally called How to Survive a Deal with the Devil. They... Do not tell you how to survive it. They do not tell you any logistics of how to make that deal. And literally, they're like, "Well, like, their their equivalent of what to do, right?" Is like, "Well, I guess just do what Bob Dylan did because and Ozzy Osbourne because they said they sold their soul and they're still alive. Just don't be, don't do what Robert Johnson and Jimi Hendrix did because they're dead. It's like that was the yeah. equivalent. <laughs> it was like that was." So, there's like a right way
0: to do the deal with the devil and a wrong way. It
1: was 10 minutes of that, is what it was. And it was basically, Mm. we're not going to tell you what to do other than like do what Bob Dylan did, which on its face is a flawed premise because no matter how old you live to be, you're still having your soul owned by the devil. So, it's like, yeah, I don't really see how that'd be surviving a deal with the devil, just be like living longer.
0: Yeah, how and to you get going- the most out of your deal with the devil. Yeah. Anyway.
9: The story of Foss tells of a scholar dissatisfied with his life who seeks magical knowledge from the demon Mephistopheles. Only when you deepen your sources beyond the church or Faustian tales. For instance, the Malleus Maleficarum Treatise on Witchcraft in 1487. You'll find that-
1: Now this was another example of something that I looked up but did not read. Um, see if I can isolate what she says here. Uh, she right. does- she does list a source of exact- like, she didn't say how to do it, but she lit, she does, to her credit, give a ancient te- uh, text.
9: ...Church or Faustian tales- is beyond the Church or Faustian tales. For instance, the Malleus Maleficarum treatise on witchcraft in-
1: The Malleus Maleficarum treatise on witchcraft.
0: That sounds very spooky.
9: For instance, the Malleus Maleficarum treatise on witchcraft in 1487. You'll find the first evidence of a correct way to trade with Satan and his minions. With the right attitude and a quick look at the lunar calendar, apparently it can be done.
1: With the right attitude and a quick lunar quick look at the lunar calendar. So yeah, I did Google that. Did not really want to read it, but that is a real document from the early 1400s. Um, it was like a, basically a how-to, like a cook a cookbook for summoning up uh, entities and making deals with them for your soul. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And that's you know how how old is that now? 650 years old.
0: Like yeah, at least 600.
1: Yeah, so definitely hmm. not a new concept. Um, Tenacious D, like I said, did not come up with it first. Definitely not. Now, this is a little, this is, uh, we're not quite to the wrap up party, but we're getting there. Cause like, like I said, there's so, like, I could have, I could have had, you know, 150 different celebrity clips of them saying it, but at a certain point, it's like, you get the point. Uh, but I did pick out, a couple ones I hadn't seen before until this week when I was doing this. Uh, here's K- Katy Perry's dad, who's a minister. Um, and Katy Perry started out as like a, a, a youth group singer or a worship singer. Um, yeah. Or her dad's like doing sermons and shit saying that she's a devil child and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, uh, on a side note, Billy Ray Cyrus said the exact same thing about Miley. That, like she's been corrupted by Satanists and shit. Huh.
9: Welcome to Holly Scoop. I'm Stephanie Bauer. Katy Perry's dad, Keith Perry, is known to piggyback on the fame of his daughter to get followers at his church. He likes to get PR as a pastor for being Katy Perry's dad, but then he seems to blast his daughter's pop star lifestyle saying that everything she's doing is wrong and satanic. The latest is that he's been playing a video during his church sermons that apparently highlights Katy as a devil child, whatever that is.
2: <gasps> whatever that is. Whoa?
1: So yeah, um, but why hear from Katy Perry's dad when you can just hear from Katy Perry?
9: You're doing really well now, but didn't you release a CD like almost ten years ago? Um, yeah, I mean, I released a gospel record when I was 15 um, because I grew up in uh, you know a household where all I ever did was listen to gospel music, and my parents are both traveling ministers, and so I kind of sang about you know what was going on in my life at 15 and. That's how I got introduced to the music industry. I swear I wanted to be like the Amy Grant of music, Yeah. (laughs) but it didn't work out. And so I sold my soul to the devil.
1: So when Katy Perry Uh said that, that could be a metaphor for basically selling out to corporate pop music, which I would take that as personally, is my most likely guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, she has a Christian background and everything, so... When she says that, she could literally just mean like I stopped trying to do things in like the Christian music world and just moved into like doing whatever I could to become famous. So like so yeah. just, uh, becoming secular.
1: There's other interviews where she's talking about things. similar things though, where she's literally crying. Um, there's like there's honestly like multiple hour long compilation videos of celebrities talking like this. But here's where I here's where I really here's. <laughs> Here's where i like, the biggest, like, okay, this, definitely not all these people actually mean this. um Like, because, you know, like, the, oh, Illuminati, like, proof for, like, Satan worship Illuminati musicians, like, proof. Like, those big, long compilation videos. Some yeah. of them give you pause, and you're like, okay, that's fucking weird. And then they'll yeah. have, like, as proof in there, they had, they, I swear to God, they had Tenacious D on Jay Leno. And this was, like, part of their proof, and it was Jack Black and Kyle Gass, like, saying, like, yeah, Satan selling your soul to Satan, in rock and roll's got a long, rich tradition. Like, how else do you think we're here on Jay Leno? Nobody, like, how, these two guys couldn't get on Jay Leno unless they sold their soul to Satan. <laughs> it's, like, in the compilation, it's, like, proof, tenacious D, sold their soul to Satan. <laughs> so, like, yeah, but, yeah. As, as with most topics, both sides are um, silly. Yes. And the truth is likely somewhere in the middle. Uh, but anyway, yeah, like I, I could I could, uh, I didn't want this to be the celebrities committing their, or admitting their um, soul-selling episode. So I didn't clip nearly as many as I could. But I do have, uh, you know, Professor Griff from Public Enemy. No,
5: who's
1: Enemy. that? Uh, he's a, who's that? He's from Public Enemy. I believe he quit the group. Um, Professor Griff is like an old school rapper. I mean, Public Enemy is about as old school as it gets um yeah and he is very outspoken uh going on podcasts calling into shows doing interviews about how like satan and the illuminati run the rap game and jay-z is like straight up illuminati uh he's pretty out there but um that's probably also why he is um not as famous as the rest of the public enemy guys
6: yeah and that was his initiation and sure enough, he lost his mom. Jennifer Hudson wanted to be up in that space. Yep, her family got taken out of it on some ritual killings. Are you following me? So we need to understand this particular thing. You're not going to operate up into the $1, 50, 100 million dollar club and you not pay the ultimate price now. Not the ultimate price, but make a blood sacrifice. Jay-Z was well aware of all of this. So they paid him off. How did they pay him off? They gave him rock aware. They gave him Rockefeller Records, Rock Nation, Jay-Z, Inc., um, what's the battle? Uh, Sion made a deal with him. Then the New Jersey Nets, he owns part of that. J Hotels, 4040 Club. I can go on and on, bro.
5: Bro. Mm.
6: And this bro. is happening right before our eyes, man. So they niggerized the music. And as soon as Jay-Z got made, he was made president of Def Jam. Guess who he signed? Two known drug dealers, Young Jeezy and Rick Ross who's going to perpetuate and carry on the madness and the negative demonic frequency. Are you following
1: me? The negative demonic frequency, man. Rick Ross. He's not even the real Ricky Ross, like Freeway Ricky Ross. He's just Rick Ross. Negative demonic frequencies.
0: Wow, that's really interesting what he's saying there.
1: I do... Uh, like, um, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, uh, like, like, what he said that was most interesting was uh, like pay the ultimate price to get up into the Hundred fifty million dollar club. Well, the ultimate price
1: in that case would be your soul, I am assuming.
0: Um, well, but I mean that takes different forms. It's not just like selling your soul is a generic thing. You got to sell your soul in a certain way,
1: right? Like, well we, uh, I mean, we all kind of do that, don't we? Working at a working for a corporate job, that's a little bit of selling your soul.
0: Um, yeah, definitely, because you need money. You, yeah, but if like, that's what you're you are saying, big money and power like that, it's like you got to sell it, and like a, you got to pay a higher price in order to be able to get to those levels. And so it's like, you got to like, yeah. And
1: I like how basically he's like, you have to do blood sacrifices, but, um, the, the Satanism aspect of it aside, I think like one of the things he really does a good job of pointing out, uh, professor Griff does is like, uh, Mo, I think Mo facts did. They at least did one episode on this type of thing. Um, Kind of like the cocaine episode I did where it was like talking about how the government was pushing it on the inner cities and uh, yeah. getting uh making money off both ends, making money off free slave labor from people that are put in jail and have to work for free, essentially, and then making money selling the drugs. Um, it's just like a, you're making money three different ways on that, on all ends. Yeah. The, the thing that MoFax has really done a good job pointing out and people like Professor Griff is like the... It's easy to step on a lot of toes when you talk about this topic, but the rap, like the transition of rap from when it first started off, you know, you had like Sugar Hill Gang, like Will Smith type shit, and then NWA comes on the scene. Um like rap was uplifting and positive, kind of like Immortal Technique and a certain like maybe even out, Outcast was a little more positive message.
0: I wouldn't say Immortal Technique was super uplifting and positive. Uh
1: well, yeah, yeah. As far as his, um, I could think of better examples than moral technique, I guess. But like, he he was it was at least more. He had more to say than just you know pussy money weed, which is what yeah, most even
0: like uh, even like Tupac, Tupac like he had perfect example. And, and
1: that's why they killed him. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So like, yeah. Too, even Biggie too had a, a much more uplifting message. But Tupac's a great example. I don't know why I didn't think of Tupac. But anyway, yeah, So the the. Um, if you're trying to control a society or a let's say a, su- a certain demographic of people make all their idols uh promote you know gang banging drug running murder in some cases rape even Eminem's bragged about rape and songs and he, i mean he's mm-hmm. so it's like yeah th- and if there's anybody that's has some weird mk ultra shit going on it's Eminem there's so many videos of him just freezing on live tv and like not moving a muscle blinking or anything but so yeah, um the uh the uh, the rap industry is something I didn't realize like I didn't put the pieces together until the last year or so especially here in Mofax talk about it like how it was like systematically used to make um like I I guess the best way to say it is like make young black men glorify like lifestyles that are going to um destroy their Ultimately. families yeah, yeah. And ultimately, it was,
0: destroy their futures and destroy their current lives, and yeah. make them idolize people that like, like before were never idolized in any right. kind of way.
1: And that that doesn't mean that. Uh, I would say <clears throat> most of the rappers aren't not like you know in on the scheme; they benefit from it. But like, I, I it does seem like there's a clear, um, especially when you start like Mo um, and other people have documented it really well have. You know, follow the money trail to who's funding these music labels. Uh, it's there's there's spook government agency money pops up a lot. So,
0: mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of well, a that makes sense because I mean, if you have like the way that our prison system works and everything, if you wanted to put more people in prison, the easiest way to do it would to get to pe uh, get to especially younger people and make them glorify breaking the law. Yes. and make that like a lifestyle
1: and that's why i respect even though he's like you know he's had his whole transformation i really do like kanye as crazy wacky and retarded sometimes as you might be like he's a, yeah. he's he is an example of like an, an artist with an uplifting message uh, despite the media taking him out of context when they're like oh kanye said slavery was a choice that kind of shit it was like if you listen to like his overall message he's saying we're drugged out we're getting lied to by the media. We're hypnotized. Um, we're glorifying the wrong things. Like, what's he say? Like, why don't we just try loving each other? And it's like, yeah, it's all cliche shit, but like you don't hear Jay-Z talking about that. You hear Jay-Z saying, like, vote for Hillary Clinton. Even Kanye, like, he says he likes Trump. Does he tell you to vote for Trump? No. All Jay Z and Beyonce do is, you know promote violence and murder and drugs and tell you to vote for Hillary Clinton.
0: Yeah, they are very much ingrained too. in the machine. You know, it's like whatever the is popular at the time, they just say it and do it and then don't actually follow through on any of the good stuff that they say they're going to do.
1: Jay-Z is a billionaire.
0: Billion, with a B. Yeah. So
1: I think Professor Griff from Public Enemy... May not be right about everything, but he's damn sure right about Jay Z. Yeah, Uh yeah, You don't
0: get to be a billionaire in most cases, almost every single case, without doing not a something rapper. pretty bad.
1: It's like you talked a rapper. You talked to a beat so well that it got you a billion dollars. I don't even think Dr. Dre is a billionaire, is he?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: He's got like six hundred mil, and he's in. He's like owns beats, doesn't he? And he's still not as rich as Jay Z. So what the hell is Jay Z doing?
0: I, yeah, that's the kind of the thing. It's like, where is what are they doing in the background that's really making them all this money? Because it's not like their art they're putting out that's no. making them billionaires.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like Jay Z's music. Okay, it's not great, but it's uh, all right. yeah, I mean, it's not billion. Do- I would, it's not billion dollars worth. I wouldn't even put no, him in like definitely. the top twenty rappers.
0: Yeah, definitely not. I I don't understand like when people like that where you really don't know how they got so much power and so much fame you got to assume they're doing something pretty shady in the background
1: yeah and i don't know what his, it is his record label Rockefeller it's spelled different but i mean come on
0: yeah <laughs> it's like so okay <laughs> that dude was that dude was crazy that dude was legit crazy and David they like named it after him.
1: Oh, oh, I see. What, oh, yeah.
0: Rockefeller was crazy. Rockefeller was just wild I mean, super smart guy. Especially right. when it comes to like business and holding on to his assets, but well, back, like that uh, dude was just wild.
1: Because Kanye was audio enge- audio producer, audio engineer. He was making beats for Jay Z and he was trying to get like a rap deal with Jay Z. And um on his first album, College Dropout, I still own the vinyl. Two discs, four sides total. The last twelve minutes on the last side is a 12 minute track, no rapping, barely just a beat. And it's Kanye literally talking and bitching and ranting about how like Jay-Z didn't believe in him. And nobody believed in him. Only his mom believed in him, blah, blah, blah. And at the end he goes, but what's my soul worth? Yo, Z, can I still get that deal at Rockefeller?
0: (laughs) Uh, that really shows, I think that statement right there really shows a lot more of what these, uh, Deals with the devil really are. It's not. It's not like you're actually going up to the devil or even an in, like a s- supernatural entity. It's just you know in your heart you're doing something that goes against yourself. You're going to sacrifice your integrity, your pride, like just you're basically sacrificing yourself for something that you want or something you think right. you want. You think that's the only way you can get it or the best way you can get it.
1: Yeah, that's why the the Faustian deal. Uh, deal with the devil is like been an archetype that has survived so long. Like whether it's a literal thing that you can do or not by doing some weird chant and sacrificing a baby or whatever, like the, yeah, it's, it more acts as a metaphor. Um, like you just said. Uh, so yeah, but that being said, uh, tell me what you think of this. Cause yeah, we, uh, we had professor Griff's thought on, you know, uh, blood sacrifices and what Jay Z had to do to get where he got, and all that, yeah. Now I saw this on YouTube. Um, the original, like, it's like a side-by-side video where they play the original version of this Jay Z song, and they're like, "Now we'll play it backwards." You know, like the Led Zeppelin, like "Stairway to Heaven" backwards is like Satan shit. And there, oh, like, yeah, there's all these examples of this. Usually, when you listen to them, um, it ends up just is not not convincing or compelling in almost all every case. Yeah. um now sometimes it is pretty weird but it's like that bill hicks bit where it's like if all my favorite musicians are gonna be in hell then i'm gonna be rocking out in the lake of fire it's like you know when you play new kids on the block albums backwards they sound better so it's like i i <laughs> I, I, I I do share a lot of that sentiment with bill hicks but this one i had to um i heard this it's a jay-z song it's a it's an interlude off of uh, the album with Danger Mouse, where uh, Jay-Z and Danger Mouse took the black album by Jay-Z and mixed it with the white album by the Beatles, and it's the gray album. The last interlude um, on that song, I had heard it, I mean, I've listened, I like this album, the gray album, I've listened to it all the way through minimum 10, 15 times. I'd heard this song, and so I heard it, and I heard it like, you know, when I went down the professor griff talking about jay-z being like a reptilian or whatever not that far but you know illuminati ship i yeah. was like okay let me look into jay-z a little bit and this was all over the place on youtube and it's like you know pastors talking about look what happens when you play this backwards well i own the gray album i've had it ripped to a hard drive for the better part of a decade so it's like shit i've heard this song i know this track i'm just gonna go put it in audacity um and just reverse it and hear from myself And it's pretty blatant. I've heard this. It's like a throwaway track. It doesn't sound that impressive. But I'll play you a little bit of the original track. And then from my hard drive that I've had way before I found out about this. And then I will play the exported version I put in reverse myself. This isn't something I ripped off YouTube. This is the actual track I've had for a long time. I reversed it myself. And it's just like what YouTube showed. So this this is the original version. And you can tell compared to like you know a lot of like like zeppelin uh black sabbath when, you know people say like oh yeah like you, they designed it play it backwards and it's got satanic messages and shit this one when you first hear it you can tell there's like backwards speaking in it so it's very obviously deliberate but still they
0: designed the they they, they created the song to be played backwards at yes. some point
1: and it is called lucifer 9 Uh, Or interlude three, depending on which version of the album you have. Okay. This is the original version. Okay.
0: Playing forward. Yeah, it's playing forward.
5: I
1: never realized what that was. You to you? and i'm I'm just gonna skip ahead to the uh, ending of it because when I play the reverse version, that's where it's gonna
0: start. okay.
1: Okay, that's how the track ends. As I've stated before, I ripped this straight off the album I've owned for a long time. This is the reversed version. <laughs> Notice it almost sounds exactly the same when you put it in reverse.
0: Yeah.
2: murder of
5: jesus 666
1: six, six. So that already is pretty blatant, right?
0: Yeah, that's uh that's the least overt thing I've ever heard. Yes. <laughs> murder murder Jesus 666. Pretty bad.
1: Okay, now did you hear that? Yes. That is backwards, not in the original track, right in the middle of the song. When you reverse it, he says, leave inwards on death's door. Yeah. What does that mean?
0: Uh, I mean, I think that's pretty self-explanatory, too. goes
1: right back to what we were talking about, about the rap industry being uh, a, I don't know what the word would be, a Trojan horse, maybe?
0: More like, um, I mean, from that, like, yes, what we're talking about, like a Trojan horse. It's like uh, the the intention behind it isn't really even to be art; it's to essentially trick the listeners into believing a certain lifestyle or a certain uh, ideal is true. Yeah. So when it's they're actually just leaving them to die. And he's that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and it's like a analogy would be, I mean, we're not really qualified to talk about this, but yeah. And an analogy would be, um, you know, you have the, the plantation owners, the rich elite record executives and the people that are above them. Um, and then if, if they're like the plantation owners in Django Unchained, the record company executives, then, um, Jay-Z would be the Samuel L. Jackson character. Uh, Oh yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, Pretty dark. I mean, it it basically just keeps, after that, repeating, like, um, murder, murder, Jesus, 666, says that about three more times. Um, there's a couple, like, w- spoken words in the background that I would really tried to listen to over and over, couldn't really understand what it was saying. But, I mean, that is the, le- like like you said, the least blatant, <laughs> the least blatant thing. Um, the most blatant thing. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: very, very conspicuous. That is incredibly out in the open. That is just that almost seems like a childish level of uh, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Attempting to be offensive or dark. It, you know,
1: yeah. It. I mean, it's so blatant that it seems like a troll.
5: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Just like the heavy metal band. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't trust Jay Z as far as I can throw him. But or any of the. Record industry people that put pick who our pop stars are going to be. Yeah, but um, yeah, it seems akin to like you know the um very like late eighties nineties death metal, you know, the, like the Marilyn Manson types, where it's like, oh yeah, I'm ripping pages out of the Bible on stage. Look how edgy I am. It's it, you could yeah, say like that. an
0: edge lord thing. Yeah, where you it's could just say like, that's what Jay Z's to doing to be as dark and uh, offensive as possible.
1: Yeah. It's just it's either way either way you slice it it's creepy. Um but I do yeah. just like um most of these celebrities like Eminem and a lot of his songs saying he's soul soul to the devil block can't get it back blah blah blah. It's like yeah I mean it's I would I would chalk up like 90% of it to being like like you said edge lords, trolls, uh just somebody just a way to get your name out there and like oh look what this person said and then you have like a hate mob of Christians against you, and it just like gets you more news coverage.
0: Um, yeah, it gets you more publicity, more attention, and the kind of people that are looking for that, anyways, they hear about it. They see the attention you're getting. They're like, oh, this guy's for real. He's out there. He's actually saying this stuff. He made a backwards track, man.
1: Jay Z wears upside down crosses just like Bill and Melinda Gates do. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, th- so 90% of it. I I could chalk that up and th- excuse that as like okay, well these people are just um, these people are just trolling us.
0: Or, yeah, this uh, is like part of their aesthetic or their uh, their uh, their brand, yeah. if you will, to yeah, do so stuff n- like this.
1: Ninety percent of it, I'll say that's what it is. That other ten percent, I don't know, man. I have I don't know. It's a little weird.
0: Definitely, uh, but, I mean, it's definitely weird yeah it's but now like I well, said no, it's like, like, like a preface a satanic thing rather than just well, it's, a satan- like it's definitely about, a like, satanic
1: actually. thing, but do they actually believe they're worshiping or following Satan? I would say in most cases, no um, definitely um, yeah but uh I guess yeah like I preface this at the very beginning. I have no proof one way or the other, not even really an opinion one way or the other because it is pure speculation. It's not like you can go find like documents and you know read through the read through the globalist white papers about uh, you know the Satanism that uh, Kate Perry's into. It's like it's all like you're just it's you're grasping for straws whether you argue one way or the other. So
0: yeah, you're basically just going off of what these particular people have said and the actions that they've done that could uh, that either go with or against whatever you believe about them. Mm-hmm. And so really, it's just you got to look to see like. What's the track record of this person? Do they just say this kind of stuff when they make music or their art or whatever, or does it look like they actually get involved in this? Do they go to like, I don't even know. Like, do they go to Bohemian Grove? Do they go to a, a church of Satan or something, or are they just? Is this just part of their brand?
1: Yeah, I I That's would say really it's a mix of both. A, I would say it's a, a discernment po- about probably that. a a mixture, a healthy mixture of all of that. I mean, we know there are the like, what really bugs me in the music industry and Nicki Minaj, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, um, Jay-Z, their music videos and their stage performances, a good portion of them have upside down crosses. And an even bigger portion of them have the literal pedophilia symbol like that, like uh, inner twirling triangle that the FBI has listed as like a sex trafficking symbol. Um, hmm. That bothers me. More than people saying 666 and stuff in songs. Because it's when you have the pedophilia symbol in your music, and the artist might not even know it. I mean, there's so many people involved in those stage shows. But when you have yeah. the pedophilia symbol hidden in there, that's when I'm like, okay, this is more than just trolling. Like, what is this?
0: Somebody's either got an incredibly dark sense of humor or. There's something else going on there, and I mean it, it's creepy too because most of this stuff is geared towards younger people, mm-hmm. and that and that's that's pretty clear too because like I mean I don't really understand the appeal of a lot of this stuff. I'm not an old guy or anything, but it, it's very yeah. clear that there is a crowd of people that this stuff is geared towards, and it is always a very young, usually like high school or younger crowd.
1: Yeah, it's uh... it's just very
0: strange that they would start slipping in that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, it's like the, uh, the the lesser, the more tame, less nefarious version of this is the, uh, you know, the Jonas Brothers handing out purity rings at their concerts that South Park did a whole episode on. Yeah. Like Mickey Mouse is like, huh, we have another the purity rings so we can sell sex to little girls. <laughs> but this is like a whole nother level above that. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, this um, is
0: like this is like the same tactic used like like the Elsa gate stuff. Like how yeah. it's like you kind of like trick the uh, unsuspecting crowd of people, i.e., the, the children, into those are like uh, those weird,
1: like AI-generated YouTube videos, right?
0: Yeah, like all those like real, like shitty-looking cartoon things, mm-hmm. and it's got titles like really weird. Just like the content inside of them is just really weird, like stories and everything.
1: Yeah, I uh, and it's I don't know who's behind those, but if I had to guess, I would say it's the Chinese. Just like they're behind like the child transgenderism. But they'll no, like imprison.
0: Why would you say that?
1: Because they're what like
0: they.
1: That? Oh, the, the dude, the China, like Chinese. I don't want to get waste too much time on this, but the Chinese, like,
5: yeah.
1: they play the long game. They are they. Uh, President Xi said he wanted to take over the world. China wants his goal long term is to take over the world without firing a single shot. Um, yeah. So if they were behind the release of this virus, uh, I mean, shit. They're they were closed down less than a month. They're at full speed capacity, roaring away. Their economy's booming, while everybody else is shut down. Um, yeah. They pretty much control the World Health Organization. They fund all the PC shit and institutions They run a bunch of the Hollywood where all the PC shit is. Like they own like six of the eight movie com- like studios. Uh, they're heavily invested in our media, so it would only if they're trying to corrupt the youth because China plays the long game. Why not make these weird, twisted videos targeted at American children? Good point i mean i have no proof of this and i haven't looked into it but i just kind of thought of that when you were brought up elsa Gate.
0: yeah no, um, I, I see the correlation you made but uh let's not get too far into that because that's a Louise. whole yeah it's a thing. whole
1: china we should do a whole china episode okay so china uh,
0: china china
1: I, I'm a, if i can f- work this yeah oh never mind never mind failed experiment i thought I could. I have another Audacity window open. I was like, maybe I can record another project and have me going, uh, bit up, up and see if it comes out as murder, murder, Jesus, but Yeah. It I uh I can't record two things at once, so never mind on that. We'll just have to uh let you at home try it for yourself.
0: Yes, you, the viewer or listener, I guess, in this situation.
1: Okay, we got we got five clips left. The last couple are too long, but you're stuck here anyway.
0: <laughs> All right, Let's so bang them out.
1: <laughs> so this is uh, now. Now we're getting into the weirder side of YouTube with like the Wiccans and like the crystal girls and like the pierced, tattooed, faced. Um, oh yeah. Mask wearing, candles and ancient relics. Um, All of, of the could,
0: new age stuff.
1: Beyond new age, like people. Well, here you go. Uh, this YouTube video is called "Should I Make a Pact with a Demon." And there's a lot of these people talking about this on YouTube.
8: I want to make a pack. Should I make one? Why or why not? Okay, I get this question too about packs and pack making. Personally, on my path, I've not really felt the need to make any packs. I work with specific demons and my work with them is ongoing because I have specific goals. But then once I reach those goals, I change the goals because I want to attain the next set of goals. So to me, it's more of a process of working with them over time. I like this because I get to know them. They get to know me. I work with them. They guide me through things. I get help along the way. And I get little bonuses and little presents along the way too, especially when I really follow their their guidance and am able to attain those goals that they set out for me.
1: (laughs) What in the world? There are a plethora of people on YouTube. It's like a whole subculture of people on YouTube that like have guides on how to make some of them have like make deals with demons and or like entities a lot of them will call them astral beings but what really surprised me was how many people just straight up say yeah of uh, like you should befriend demons and this is how you get in contact with this demon and there's all these different names for demons and this demon is like a more like good for this goal and like they literally call them demons and suggest something
0: My first question for any of these people would be, do you have a job? And if so, (laughs) what is your job?
1: Uh, They probably work at Hot Topic,
0: Guitar Center. (laughs) Spencer's. Just anywhere at the mall that sells, like, I don't know, shot glasses with marijuana leaves on them.
1: Yeah, I came to the conclusion that some of these people are trolling, especially when they have a mask on and they're just over the top but there are a lot of people who are extremely genuine, and here's what's crazy. This chick in particular, the comments were like, oh, thank you so much. You're such an inspiration, blah, 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 hearts, and like, I've been interacting with this demon, super long Latin name, and uh, he seems really good. Can you tell me about him? And like, other people are like, yeah, like, I've had a long relationship with this demon, and they're all calling him demons and like, real happy about it. And it's like, yeah, like this. I've been able to make some uh, have this demon conjure like in my bedroom, and ever since then, he's been in my dreams, and I love it. There's a couple people going like, "What the hell are you guys doing?" But overall, it's like tons of people just all in on this, and that's what's fascinated me the most. Is like just like nonchalantly being like, "Yeah, they're demons." I mean, maybe that.
0: Oh yeah, I've got demons following me around. I'll talk maybe, to them all. The maybe time.
1: that's just my ultra Christian upbringing to like be wary of anything that is openly referred to as a demon. But I, I don't get it.
0: <laughs> if somebody told me, okay, this is me, and I mean, what? Yeah, ultra Christian upbringing and whatnot. But if someone told me that they were like contacting and being followed around by demons or angels or really anything, aliens. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, aliens especially. That that's a whole other thing, though. Um, I would just be like, this person is a few fries short of a Happy Meal. <laughs> yeah, and they <laughs> are probably going through some stuff. And this is their coping me- mechanism. Yeah, or they are a hobbyist. That would I, be my other thing. And I this would, is their hobby. Yeah, You're I'm with me?
1: you. I'm with you. Um, I would so, much rather. I would be like if um, if two if my car breaks down and two different. Vehicles approach and say hey you can come crash at my place tonight ones thinks they're talking to demons one thinks they're talking to angels I'm going with the angel car all day like I was like hey what like maybe maybe these ain't like you know It's like you're at least you're calling them angels So at used to yeah, think they're good
0: call them a good a being of good yeah.
1: <laughs> It's like somebody's like talking it's openly talking about talking to demons. I'm like, I don't know man I mean, I'm gonna be skeptical and weary of either one, but if you know gun to my head. I'm going with angels
0: Definitely I mean, if, and, if and I had aliens. the choice, I would go with neither, and probably just you know sleep in my car that night.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going with aliens over demons as well, because at least that, aliens are like, you know, they, it's just not as there's not as much of a negative connotation. Um, yeah,
0: and the alien guy's probably pretty chill overall. You know, yeah. you go to his house, he's probably got yeah. a bunch of stuff pinned up. You know, he's probably got a bunch of We're in like a Bob Lazar t to the Stars yeah. Academy. <laughs> Probably just, you know, go to his house, watch some X Files, hear some crazy stories that he's got, and, you know, go home.
1: Did you know Tom DeLong is the top ex government expert on UFOs? It wow. is totally not a scam. I'd hang out with that person. I do hang out with that person. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, anyways, uh, the answer this video, by the way, is about a half hour, if I remember right. But I, um, so should I make oh, a pact wow. with a demon? Uh, here's the follow up to that clip
8: so what is a pact a pact basically is like a contract it's where you and a demon form an agreement where you say i would like this in this amount of time and the demon will say well in order to get that you have to do this so should you make a pact yes if you feel called to make a pact you should a lot of people find the structure of a pact and just having everything laid out is very beneficial to them so saying, you know, I'd like this, this, and this. They know exactly what they want, it's written out, they've agreed to work with the demon, and then they can start receiving insights and guidance from that demon on that specific pact.
1: Yay. And she calls it a pact, which brings us full circle to the first clip.
2: Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Looks like our whistling accidentally summoned the Prince of Darkness. Hello. I'm Satan. I like dancing too. Come join in. Well, here we go. Just take a core belief, a fundamental value, or something that you once proclaim.
1: I went to the wrong part of the song, but you get the idea. They literally are talking about the exact same thing except the demon people, and I found out this week there is a lot of them on YouTube, and on I'm sure there's even more if you go into weird message boards. Um, mm-hmm. They literally call it a pact. Some of them call it a Faustian pact, and they suggest making a con- inking a contract in your own blood. Um, but it's all like super positive and happy, which I am even more suspicious of. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. It was a weird rabbit yeah. hole to go down. I didn't expect to go down this rabbit hole, but uh, I don't know. We do you- we think about that weird chick, and she looks exactly how you'd expect, by
0: the way. Oh, yeah. No, I could picture already, and it's just... It's a mess. But, uh... Yeah, no, all of this stuff, it seems like... It's... I've always believed, when it comes to this kind of stuff, this stuff is only as real as you believe it is. The person, you know? Like, you make your own Uh,
1: reality kind of thing.
0: Yes, but this is like... you're, You're dealing with a supernatural being. And anything that is a supernatural being... I have never I mean, in a I have never been able to physically interact with a supernatural being, especially one that is offering physically. me gifts and uh, wants to make packs and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Well
1: you had that's the never. thing. Yeah, you have to you have to go in it with the intention of it. It goes back to the crossroads thing. Somebody that goes to the crossroads in Mississippi if the cross let's for the sake of argument, the crossroads, midnight, full moon do a blood oath sell your soul that let's say the uh the blue the old blues legend is real and like you know yeah johnson and dylan and all those guys did that um it's not gonna work if you walk to the crossroads and you don't know about the crossroads you don't have the intent it's like seems like the intent if it works oh this is all hypothetical but it seems like you have to go in with the intention to do that um exactly. if you're if you're astral projecting if that's real or in your lucid dream state like or like you know I mean, there's tons of, not just the Bible, but every, you know, dreams are significant in religious and spiritual. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, it's, it seems like no, like you're not just going to just, you know, trip into this accidentally, um, whether it's uh, having your guitar tuned by Satan at the crossroads or, like, you know, a peyote ceremony like Jim Morrison or, you know, it's, it's you're going in with the intent uh, yeah. to make contact. And that's when the that's when this kind of stuff happens.
0: Yeah. You go into it with the intent to make contact with a specific purpose in mind. Mm -hmm. And, but to me, I just don't think that anybody really, I just, I don't believe that anybody goes into these, they don't go to crossroads. You don't go like, you know, you don't do the rituals and everything and you really see or interact with these people beings necessarily i feel like you interact with yourself but you interact with a very vulnerable subconscious part of yourself and you essentially hypnotize yourself into believing that these things are for real and if you believe they're real and you believe it enough you will get something out of it maybe not what you wanted but you'll get something out of it and you'll be looking for the things to happen because that's what you want that's what you're expecting to happen, so you're looking for those things to happen.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, the classic example. Of that is like the number twenty three. The movie with Jim Carrey. It's like yeah. as soon as it's in his head, he just starts seeing twenty three everywhere, and it drives him insane. It's like yeah, once you're once you're looking for it, you're going to see it. Um,
0: yeah, it's like it's like but, if you buy a red car, you suddenly start to notice all the other red cars on the road. Exactly.
1: Red. Yeah. So that yeah, your explanation is definitely the probably the most likely the Occam's razor. But it's really just a philosophical debate and a metaphysical debate of how do you think reality works? Like, is this like the real reality? Like, how many dimensions above and below? It's like that's a whole nother. Like, it's all speculation. Like, I mean, if anybody knows this shit, they're not telling you or me. So,
0: oh, definitely. If someone figured out how to make this stuff work, they figured it out. They kept it to themselves, and they tried to discourage anybody else from getting even close to it.
1: Unless because, uh, like, unless it's like it's cuphead.
0: Essentially...
1: Go ahead. Unless it's like cuphead, the cuphead theory, which is not a, a not a new theory. Uh, to get out of your deal, because you know, in a cuphead, this is uh, kind yeah. of ties into like the what the illuminati would be about or something like to get at, like so the devil doesn't own your soul or just to get like riches and power from the devil, you have to collect souls. That's what you're doing in Cuphead. You Cuphead and Mugman are literally collecting the souls of all the bosses they kill so that they'll get out of their contract with the devil because they sold their souls to the devil. Mm-hmm. So, on a as above, so below, on a broad scale you know, if, if, for, if Jay-Z is like, you know, reptilian Illuminati, I don't think he is, or, you know, Gates or Soros or w- any boogeyman you want to put on it, like, if there is like a devil taking souls... Um, then they would have, you know, human um, traitors to the human race working for them, trying to collect as many souls for Satan as they can.
5: Uh,
1: yeah,
0: he would convince them that would be the actual act of selling your soul because just saying, hey, yeah, I'll go to, I'll, I'm willing to damn myself to hell for this power. That doesn't really mean much. It's one guy, he can probably get you a hundred different ways, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much anybody. But, if you use the ability, it's basically like, I'll give you this ability, but you have to do it like you said. you got to go out and collect the souls for me. So I'm giving you the ability to do this, but you have to fulfill your deal like by getting me X amount of souls or uh, right. doing uh, this particular thing for an X amount of time to reach as many people as possible. You know, no, so that's it's like uh, you would just be out there collect. You, you're working for, say, you sold, it's like you signed a it's like he signed a, uh, what is that called, a W-2 for Satan.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a pyramid scheme, I guess. Which is Pretty funny much. because yeah. uh, it's
0: <laughs> a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> it's Amway, but for Satan.
1: Yeah. Satan loves pyramids. So did Aleister Crowley. Okay, so this is the last little section of clips. And these, fair warning, these are long, but I was so genuinely baffled by this guy um, that I just... I didn't know when to stop clipping it. I didn't, I got like half of his eight minute video in here, maybe something like that, but this is just out. This is ridiculous. So this, this dude makes this video. It's been up on YouTube for like, if I remember like seven, eight years, it's called like breaking the Faustian pact, um, or Faustian bargain, like, uh, freeing yourself from the Faustian bargain, something to that effect. And, uh, At first, I'm like, okay, this guy's maybe making sense, but the further you go into it, just see if you could tell me what the hell this guy's talking about.
7: I keep going over my time limit trying to get all this information out. So if I sound rushed, um, it's because it's vital and I don't want to do a part two. And if I sound pissed (laughs) off, it's because I am. I'm doing this video in response to a lot of the questions that we've received regarding astral projection and the dark entities that many of you encounter there. They threaten you, they scare you, they attack you, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Whatever.
1: (laughs) That was kind of a setup. I guess that's not really... That didn't give you much to go on, so I'll keep going.
7: Alright. Whatever. Here's the reason. There is a dark, magnetic manifesting force that exists in this world. And part of the path to true wisdom is to understand that it is working with this entity that you either set yourself free from it forever or you enslave yourself to it. There's the right hand path and there's the left hand path and the Rider Waite tarot deck holds all the correct symbolism. Do not fall into the Alester Crowley deck. It is a deck that is meant to enslave you. He was nothing more than a puppet for the entities that he contacted, and for the Illuminati. If this pisses you off, I don't care. Fuck you.
0: <laughs> wow. I like his music in the background, too.
1: Yeah, okay, so the, my favorite Ooh. part about this whole thing is he keeps doing it, the Illuminati. The Illuminati. He doesn't say the Illuminati. He's like, the it's like, that's.
0: I noticed that-, that in the last thing, too, the woman, she said process instead of process.
1: Yes. It's like okay, so you like know Brian like, Callen, how Brian Callan talks on all the Joe Rogan yeah. Fight Companions. It's that. Anytime somebody talks like that, I have the biggest red flag just pop up immediately.
0: Yeah, it's like why is this person trying to sound like that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> tomato. Like anybody that says tomato, I, it's like, uh, get out
0: of here. I feel like it's a. I feel like it's a, a dialect thing to try to sound more intelligent than you actually are. It's like if I pronounce this. But over it or possibly mispronounce it, but make it sound
1: Illuminate.
0: More like yeah, Illuminati. It like it's actually pronounced Illuminate. It's actually pronounced Mexico. <laughs> like that you kind know, of it, thing. Yeah. It's like a Peggy Hill thing where you Canada, don't really know what you're talking about, but hey. I'm Peggy. gonna I'm gonna yeah. go balls to the walls dedicating uh, myself to like <laughs> that kind of stuff.
1: Uh so just to recap, what the hell of this? I, I still can't really figure it out. It's like I'm on board with some of this, but I, he loses me pretty quick. So just to recap so far, um, there is a magnetic evil entity that wants to that has all of us locked in a contract. Um,
0: There's a giant magnet with little horns and a pitchfork out.
1: Got a go, It's a goat. It's Baphomet, b- b- like Bob Dylan said. The Chief Commander of this world and the one we can't see, so I'm assuming a, he's talking about like the uh you know the the uh yeah the goat with the fingers that everybody sees on DMT. I'm assuming this is kind of what he's talking about, but here's where he, if you think that's bad, the, it just wait, so yeah, and he said the, the Terra decks are somehow like there's a good deck and a bad deck, the Crowley deck is bad, and if what do you say if if that pisses you off, I don't care, fuck you, right yeah, so so far, so good are you are you all fully on board with what this guy has to say?
0: Oh, yeah, he's real smart. Let's see what else Professor here has to say.
1: Oh, strap yourself in, buddy. All right. Fuck you.
7: So, (laughs) let me explain.
1: Uh, I'm so glad I started this next clip right there, too.
7: Fuck you. (laughs) So, let me explain what I mean by this. This entity, I cannot speak its name, but it is not the Christian devil, although although the Christian devil is based off this entity. I think he's talking
1: about Baphomet and i i honestly Sounds maybe like I, maybe i should stop saying it because everybody who's really familiar with these issues not just this dipshit v- avoids using that word but anyway here we go fuck it's you. like beetle juice maybe you say it three times and
7: fuck you so <laughs> let me explain what i mean by this this entity I cannot speak its name, but it is not the Christian devil, although it is based, although the Christian devil is based off this entity, and the Christian religion itself is a gigantic hoax, except for the Christ energy, which is the inner sun, which is the light and the truth and all these things that are in you anyways, and you have to set free for yourself. The second coming is when the rest of you wake up and become Christ. He's not coming back, ever. It's you who must become him wake up so this entity helps manifest the world he's the physical ruler of the world in that he can make sure he or she it doesn't matter what it is it makes sure that you can receive wealth women and all luxuries of the physical senses for a price it'll enslave you it'll sounds like bob sounds like bob dylan's chief commander
0: sounds about right i got two questions though okay how heavy is this guy
1: there is no uh, no video, just an audio recording.
0: Oh, okay. I was like, because like the picture I'm getting of this guy is just like, like just neck beard out <laughs> all the way, just one hundred percent dedicated to it. He sounds
1: so passionate and sure of himself, but it's like the ideology he's espousing is like nothing I've ever heard in my life. It's like a hodgepodge of just insane. It's I don't know, what, I didn't know what, to, I literally just had to clip this because I wanted to hear what the hell you thought about this because I didn't know what to make of this.
0: Um, so far, it's uh, pretty much nonsense.
1: Yeah, no, it's, and it gets, yeah, It gets, just wait, dude. It's, if you,
7: <laughs> luxuries of the physical senses. For a price, it'll enslave you. It'll use you and its army of little builders when you're done. However, you can approach it and you can say, You don't own me. But I'm gonna use your builders to build a world of freedom. And I know it sounds bizarre and I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it is how this works. It either you either go to it and tell it you are not its slave, or it enslaves you through silence, because silence is consent. If you do not tell it you're it's you are not its slave, it'll assume that you are. Now here's <laughs> the big ruse.
1: Okay, so that's what, what I was, Okay, yeah, okay. I this this literally why makes it just
0: enslave you anyways if you tell it no this
1: is the equivalent of you just have to say the magic words of John three sixteen and you get into heaven. This is the equivalent of that. It's like, oh, you just have to like say no to it
0: it's if it's got that much power, why would saying no mean anything
1: because silence is consent that
0: I mean I get sense. how on
1: a metaphysical level some of this like kind of makes sense, but the way he's be- he's trying to make like high concept like archetypal metaphors he's trying to like box those into like this is literally what's happening
0: yeah and he's like <laughs> saying like oh my gosh this dude is just like this is just like logical fallacies all over the place
1: but okay, okay um after we finish yeah well, never mind yeah let me It'll. <laughs> It gets, it keeps going off the rails. I know this is the last set of clips I have because I just, after this, I was like, I gotta stop down this weird rabbit hole and I just ended on this
7: guy. Assume that you are. Okay. Now here's the big ruse. The Illuminati, through walking the left-hand path, has decided that they are going to try to prolong their lives, get as much wealth, as much power as they want, and basically rule you as kings, you are slaves. The reptilian agenda also... The- oh, ding, the ding, The
1: reptilian agenda. We knew it had to come up sometime, man. The
0: lizards are here.
1: I know, dude. Man, I... When people... You know what I say to people when they say that the reptilian agenda is not in full effect?
0: What do you say to people that say that the reptilian agenda is not in full effect?
1: I hop out of my pesticide van, light up a cigarette, and I say... Open
3: up your eyes, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Enough of that. Uh, Back to... Oh, no, I closed out the clip. I lost my clip.
7: Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) rule you as kings. You are slaves. The reptilian agenda also. These beings are fully aware of this entity which is not just on this world but in all the universe and have chosen to work with it at their inception of their race which is I don't know how many eons old. It is what they do it's what they've chosen and they are masters of it. And they have come to this world. They have taught the Illuminati and the Illuminati um, are continuing on with their tradition here as their Human servants. They believe that when the reptiles come to power, that they will be uh, uh, above human and uh, everything yeah. else, uh, which which is us, will be their slaves and their food. Essentially, in 1913, the federal uh, the act of the Federal Reserve Bank was signed. This was a gigantic <laughs> ruse. Okay. Oh wow, we're tying the
0: Fed into this now. Know. Okay, I'm that about done I, with this guy. I this is all do it. I, this is a conspiracy salad.
1: Dude, I laughed so hard. When he said, like, let up with, like, he's talking about, like, a interdimensional being that has us all in bondage that we have to say no to and, like, reptiles and the Illuminati and all of, like, leads into the Federal Bank. The Federal Reserve is behind the that, whole thing. Dude.
0: Wow. This is, uh... So, this okay. dude is uh, funzo nuts times this here. Is, this guy,
1: yeah. <laughs> this is like I've never. I have, I mean, I have enjoyed David Ike, and he makes good points. That David Ike is pretty off the rails. This guy, oh yeah, I have never. He's not is he's, he's not crazier than a lot of people I've seen, but I have. He is definitely a very unique worldview. I have never. It's just like I don't. Uh, do you okay, troll or not a troll? Is this dude legit? Because it's see the. There's no video, but it sounds like he means what he's saying.
0: He sounds legit. Like, I mean, this dude sounds, I mean, he might be playing in to like a sort of a character he's created for himself, but like, uh, I'm pretty sure this guy believes most of what he's saying. Well, no worries
1: because he actually has uh, within his eight minute video the answer to uh, break the Faustian deal because that's what it's about. It's like, it's like an easy, one easy step to just. Get out of it.
7: The act of the Federal Reserve Bank was signed. This was a gigantic ruse. It basically said that we will loan you money that we don't have, um, that we're taking power away from your Congress to print your money. We will loan you all the money that you want at interest as long as every single United States citizen is put up as collateral. You are a social security. That's why you have a social security number. And basically, your sweat, toil, and suffering is what pays them back. Because they gave us fake money, now we have to give them something real in return. The deeper implication is this. Not only do they believe they own your physical body, they also believe they own your spiritual body. They own Ah! you completely and fully. (laughs) So, that is why when you awake on the astral plane, there are...
1: Listen to his. Okay, this is I like. I am
0: so confused how this guy arrived at I, this. That's what I really want to know. How this, did he arrive at this conclusion?
1: I don't know, but like the amount, the the. Okay, here's why I had to pull this clip because when I came across this one, I was already deliriously tired. Yeah. Uh, I. I just was flabber. I just was flabbergasted. I really don't know why I pulled this. other... just it, like I just could. I just didn't know what to think about it. But it's like his his answer is it his he has he lays out this insane thing this he lays out this insane like um like multi-dimensional ancient god or ancient deity or uh, ancient demon whatever you want to call it is in yeah. charge of this kind of like the gnostic view that like there's a mad demon that's in charge of this reality and we're in like a reality prison or a test simulator for souls or whatever like it's kind of like okay yeah. a little bit of gnosticism in there and, like, there's good beans and dark beans on the astral plane trying to scare you from getting too far into the astral plane and figuring out too much. Uh, it just sounds like this guy has wacky dreams and bases too much of his reality on it, in my opinion. Seems like it. But I just... <laughs> <laughs> and then tying the Federal Reserve into it as if, like, metaphysically, if they own a- our debt, they own our souls. And then his solution is just like, oh, so we don't even got to worry about it. Just got to do with Nancy Reagan.
7: Not only do they believe they own your physical body, they also believe they own your spiritual body. They own (laughs) you completely and fully. So that is why when you awake on the astral plane, there are many, many times dark entities there to scare you away from it. Because the astral Hmm. world is a powerful, liberating experience. And it shows you the gigantic, unlimited potential that you have that by you taking personal responsibility for you, you can untap unlimited potential for yourself. The Illuminati does not want you to know that because the smaller, weaker, more fearful you are, the easier it is to keep you docile and a slave. So, what this means is they also believe that by trading your soul for theirs when they die they don't have to go serve the entity their dark master that they have signed the faustian tracker or or contract with they're trading you for their souls that's why most faustian contracts say well you have to get eight people to sign their souls over for for it to be enacted it's a clause. They say we'll give you eight for mine and unless you know this and unless you say to this entity and you scream it to the astral worlds, I am mine and mine alone then guess what? This entity through your silence takes it as consent that you agree to the terms of a contract you never signed. That's why contracts have such power. That's why all entities have always said, do you agree to this?
1: Do you agree to the iTunes terms and conditions? (laughs) The whole time I was hearing that, I just kept thinking, what
6: the fuck's going on?
1: That's all I could think of. Yeah. So, um, you're going with that dude legitimately believes what he's saying, because that's where I'm leaning towards.
0: Seems like it. He's thought um, about it enough. Yeah.
1: Just this, uh, the, the, the simplicity of saying all you have to do, like this is crazy, elaborate, just insane, uh, multi-dimensional scheme going on against you to enslave you and your soul. And all you have to do is like shout at the top of your lungs. I am mine and mine alone. And that fixes it. It's like, oh, thanks. Glad I, that's uh, that's good. That's good advice.
0: Yeah, it seems like that information, you know, it's pretty easy to do. Seems like that information, if it was true, would be everywhere.
1: No, because that's the it's the remedy they don't want you to know.
0: And, and this guy's talking about unlimited potential. This guy sits around and makes YouTube videos where he doesn't even show his face. It's his
1: only video on the about, channel. I don't know if it's his channel. The only video on the channel was this one.
0: What, what's his unlimited potential look like?
1: It's on the astral plane, man. It doesn't need to be in the earth. He's on the he's grooving out on the astral plane. That's where his potential's at. Oh wow. So, uh, but here, here, okay. So, I actually didn't realize this until listening back to that starting clip with you. But he has a tell, uh, right away. Because this, if the, if, if what he's saying is true, and if he believes it is true, it's probably the most important information of all time, wouldn't you say? Considering it. Oh yeah. It's kind of like the Alan Watts thing. If Christians really believed what they. Were preaching. They would be screaming in the streets every day, trying to save everybody's souls. Um, yeah. So yeah, this dude, this dude has like got the like basically life-saving information about how the Illuminati and the elites and the lizard people and some deity that runs the Master Commander, as Bob Dylan calls them, all have this uh, thing with the Federal Reserve to enslave our souls. And he starts the video off with this.
7: I keep going over my time limit trying to get all this information out.
1: Okay, so his time limit is apparently eight minutes, and he had to redo it a couple of
7: times. Uh, not sure what to make of that. So if I sound rushed, um, it's because it's vital, and I don't want to do a part two. And- <laughs> don't
1: you know, want to do, do a part, do part
7: two. So, why he's only got one video on his channel, man. Don't want to do a
1: part two. So yeah, uh, not a lot of... Um, Comp, like, that—that that is the one sentence right at the beginning that makes me think, like, he doesn't actually believe what he's saying. He doesn't want to do... He's, like, so important, but he doesn't want to do a part two. Keep-
0: <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, if it was really that important, he'd probably have enough time to sit down and uh, make another eight-minute video. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, All right, I'm done with that guy. Let's move on from it.
6: him.
1: He, he,
0: he, that okay, was, good.
1: That was the last... I mean, I could have clipped more from it, but... That was no. as soon as I watched that whole video and took clips, I was like, what more do I need? This guy literally this is we end on a happy note. This guy tells us one sentence you break the Faustian contract that you didn't know you signed because silence is consent. We're golden. We can uh brush our hands, clear this, and man, we are good to go. Uh yeah. demon free since ninety three, you know.
0: Oh yeah. Move forward on that astral plane with no fears. Yep.
1: Uh up next though.
0: Reopen that nine eleven investigation. What really happened there?
1: We do need to do a nine eleven episode. Nine eleven. <laughs> uh. Ooh. Well, that was Faust and Furious eight. I guess we could just call Faust and Furious. Did did you learn anything? Did I learn anything? Probably not. No. But, uh, well, I guess there's no... Up- we didn't learn anything. Um, except, like, I'm not going to be buying any ancient occult books and learning spells. That, that reaffirmed my belief that I don't want to do that.
0: Yeah. No, I'll leave all that stuff to people that, for some reason, feel they have the need to make a deal with the devil. Whoever those people may be. Hillary. Hillary Clinton.
6: I have something to
0: say. Who's there?
7: Listen, you drink eighteen <laughs> beers of four point two alcohol percentage of whatever kind of beer you want. It doesn't really. It honestly doesn't really fucking matter.
1: That's oh, is that's that, that a ex-
6: clip? Let's <laughs> spill beer, or nothing.
1: I'm not spilling beer on nothing.
6: Let's not spill not beer, or nothing.
4: I have something to say. I like okay. that. I mean, you, you walk good. in a gas
6: station with 20 bucks
7: specifically for hurricanes. Like, yeah, there's no way you're walking out of there with $20 worth of hurricane malt liquor
4: and you're not going to get just blackout drunk. There's just no way.
0: Ooh. Well, now that's a statement I can get behind <laughs>
1: Well, I hope uh, that those last few clips about alcohol consumption were more educational than the demon spells. Um, we will be back with uh, what are we doing next? Apocalypse Part 2? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we'll finish it up. You know, uh, hope, uh, I hope I hope if you get pulled over or if you break down on the side of the road and two cars are coming by and one person says, hey, it's just them in the car. But they're like, hey, it's me in this car full of demons. And the other person, it's just them in the car. But they say, hey, it's me in this car full of angels. You go with the angel guy car, even if you can't see which one's in either car. Unless they do like a classic switcheroo like in a like Ocean's 13.
0: Ooh. You gotta, you gotta look out, you gotta see, you know, you gotta be paying attention. Does the demon guy, does he act like he's got demons? Or maybe they both got demons. And one of them's just lying.
1: The more you know, God bless. Good day.